2: and the
3: secret proceedings
4: Radio. greetings and salutations to all our fellow skywatchers once again listening into this broadcast live with us on this amazing evening of September 19th 2017 coming to you at ludicrous speed always Right before we hit plaid, this is Sky Watchers Radio broadcasting live from New Logic Studios down in Miami, Florida, which is located on what some would say is the third rock from the sun. The other guy calls it Aspen. I like to think it's Earth. I never
5: said that. I never. We always
4: that. say that. Always. No,
5: I never said. I never said Florida's aspen. What do you? You know, I don't know what you're drinking this week. No, 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 no. Or, you, I, you, I say, know, you say, you say Earth is aspen. You know, I you don't know if the tree hits with the head a head hurricane or something. Zip, but zip, come zip on, it, man. You zip, know, really.
4: Zip, zip, zip it. All right. Now, to our intergalactic listeners, I say once again, folks, always keep in mind: if you flippity flip flop, when you zippity bop, 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 boom, the other guy over here is gonna get you, and he's gonna beep bop zippity bop, pop pop on your boom boom. So. Careful, guys. He's dangerous. I mean, you just yeah, heard Yeah,
5: those folks who need subtitles off for that, the can hinges. find it on our website. Uh, you know, the other guy the here
4: is off the hinges tonight. Flat Earthers, uh, both of you guys listening in, please take a seat, drive yourself up a chair, and uh, welcome. Of course, I am Angel Espino, as always, and with me is my head of a radio life mate, the guy you keep hearing interrupting me. That's right, the one and only, the man one day born to play. The first to die in a zombie apocalypse, when it actually happens, he will be the first to die in that thing. Of course, I'm talking about the one and only, the one who helps me keep this thing running every week. Unless he's not here, like last time that we did a show, he wasn't on with us. I
5: had a justifiable whatever.
4: But he will one day help me take over the world, much like uh, he is the pinky to my brain, the Robin to my Batman, the Hull to my Oats, folks. He is the Funky Bunch to my Marky Mark. That's right, Alan Wilder. Uh, I thought you were going to like the Hulk to your Thor or something, you know? No, you know, you're no, you know, no, you're, no, no, no. Oh, why not? Too short. You're too short, man. You're like you're more like a Funky Bunch.
5: You know, just because I'm altitudinally challenged doesn't mean that I can't stand up and measure up.
4: This is very true this is actually i should so not
5: that, judge you for your size that's right size matters not you puddle on it
4: that's right you
5: you, you gosh darn puddle on anyway now, so uh, how are you man what's going on what's a good word for the day how, uh, how are we all out there and
4: who do we have on the show tonight oh we're definitely all out there tonight folks we're gonna have robert morningstar on the show and uh we're going to talk about a whole lot of things that have come up. He's been on with Richard Hoagland, and he's Ooh. got some some goodies he's going to talk about uh, tonight with us. And as always, you know, he's uh, our favorite guest to have on the show. We, we have him on as much as possible. Oh, because I always like him. He's always great. Morningstar is the man, and uh, he's, he'll be with us after the midnight hour. We have a bunch of news to cover in a couple minutes here, but I've been okay. I've been, uh, you know, we passed the Hurricane uh, Ir- Irma, which uh, was kind of awkward for me because that's my mother's name, and... Uh, you know, I had a feeling that nothing major was going to happen to me because, you know, I am one with the force and the force is with me. And, uh, what is named after my mother cannot do any harm to me. And thankfully, my house, uh, escaped mostly unscathed. Uh, I lost some shingles in the process. Uh, you know, right. the, the fence got bent out and, uh, that needs to be replaced. And, uh, that's really about it. My house, uh, pretty much unscathed. I had power on like, like two days later, so. Uh, you know, uh, luckily for, for us here at the house, because there's a lot of folks still in Florida and all over, uh, this area that have no power, which is amazing. I have like neighbors without power right nearby. So, really? uh, yeah, it's crazy that the amount of damage that it did, even though it didn't hit the East coast, it did, it still de- did a ton of damage down in this area in the East coast of Florida. Of course wow. the, the hurricane ended up hitting mostly Naples and Fort Myers and West coast of Florida, but, uh, the tail end, man, it did a, a lot of damage and, uh, there's another one on the way now, Maria is out there, causing havoc, well, yeah, I know it's on the horizon. I
5: saw unfortunately, you know, luckily, I was not home uh when the hurricane hit me uh although the family had uh mm-hmm. been out of power for about a week we fin- you know finally got it back Sunday night uh, oh, goodness. you know, but I'm up here in Washington state right now, and uh, got a three hour time zone difference, so you're ten you're not what is it? Your midnight is going to be my nine o'clock, so uh, you know it's going to be a uh, fun show trying to juggle the time
4: zones. Yeah, indeed. Uh, but it's not too bad. I mean, eh, it's not that bad. I mean, it's it's already like dark over there anyway, right? So it's, it's
5: nighttime. Yeah, it it, it so. just had sunset here. You know, really beautiful area. Um, it's actually a really really nice town that I'm in. I mean, I'm in the town of Pialop which is where the Washington State Fair is. And the where zombie.
4: the zombie apocalypse is going to break
5: out. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> see, you got to understand, the zombie apocalypse, especially during the colder – see, if a zombie apocalypse really does happen, you want to travel to the colder climates because the bones and the flesh and the meat will freeze up and they can't move. Brains. So they're not going to attack you. Yeah. If there's no blood pumping, there's no heat, so the zombies will actually
4: freeze. By the way, I uh, wanted to uh, s- s- give a shout-out to another zombie out there, a good friend, oh. uh, Jesse Randolph. There's oh, how's zombie. he doing? Is he listening? in? <laughs> Is he going to say something intelligent? Is he going to call in? Of course, he always has some intelligence to say, just not this week, because he's not to be with us that oh. late. He, he is going to start joining us uh, from uh, periodically here on the show as uh, one of our news correspondents. And, uh, I am maybe looking forward more. to that. He always has some information
5: and fun, interesting things to say.
4: Not only that, we miss him on UFO Radio, so uh, hearing him uh, you know, go and rant away is always fun. And uh, he'll be joining us uh, probably the next couple of weeks uh, uh, other than that, I mean, we missed uh, last week because, of course, uh, we uh, we had no power and uh, we had a storm coming up. Uh, we had a good show a couple of weeks ago with Steven Myers on, and uh, if you guys. And I am heard so that...
5: sad that I missed it. Really, I am oh, because I, 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 you know, I was. <laughs> Did I tell you what happened to me on the plane? By the way, I did not get stopped for having a was, uh, I was, was going to say,
4: did you get stopped again for having another weapon? <laughs> you took <laughs> no, the words no, right no, out of my no, mouth. No, the guy, no, like, no, literally. no, no, no. Yeah.
5: yeah, I got stopped for having a lightsaber. They thought I would cut the <laughs> plane in half. It was terrible. Uh, said, These are not the true. weapons
4: you were looking for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's it.
5: No, what actually happened was um, – I was a minute and a half late for the plane. They closed the door on me, uh, and you know, it's, uh, it, it was, it was a really horrible thing. And then, and, then it was on, uh, and,
4: you, and you went
5: into And, it, <laughs> and it, t- it took me, it took me five standby flights to finally get on a plane. It was brutal. It was brutal. I, I missed connecting with the gal I was supposed to get with, and she was really upset with me about it. Um, and it, yeah, it was just horrible. It, you know, everybody was yelling at me that I didn't make my flight. And Yeah, it was
4: brutal. Well, luckily for us, we had uh, our good friend uh, Chris Brown cover for you last week. Shout outs to Chris Brown for doing, as always, a fantastic job. In your yes, absence a couple weeks yes, ago. Yes, my
0: boy, Blue.
4: Yep. He, of course, uh one-time uh, co-host here on the show, and we miss him dearly as well, but uh, he came through like a champ, Chris Brown. Excellent. We really, really appreciate that, man. Thank you for standing up and covering
5: for me while I was stuck in the middle of flight. I couldn't even tell you,
4: Angel, that I was going to be late. You couldn't. I no, I couldn't.
5: I, I was in. I was in the flame. I, I you was. Know, I was please, terrified. I, I was like, "The
4: zombie the apocalypse. apocalypse just started. It must have just started because he's done. He's not even answering. Yeah. He's not calling me." <laughs> yeah, the apocalypse started. It was terrible. It was. Yeah, it was brutal. Now, uh, at any time tonight, if anybody wants to call in and join in on the fun festivities uh, that's going on on the show here, please do so, 786-245-8127 is the call-in number. Again, that number is 786-245-8127. We have open lines the entire way. You can call in from east of the Rockies, west of the Rockies, south of the equator, north of Uranus. Hey, if you're uh, hanging out at the uh, the rings of Saturn and you want to call in, Call in. You can do so if you're a flat earther and you want to call in from your flat planet. Go ahead, do it. We'll take your call. It doesn't matter where you're from. Call in that number seven eight six two four five eight one two seven. We'll take you live on the air, unscreened. Whatever you want to say. Uh, if you agree with well, us, well, some not, things you can't we say. It. You know, obviously
5: well, some things you can
4: say on the show, but you know,
5: we'll we'll work it out with you. Come on. Give us a call.
4: I mean, we believe in being uncensored. So, I mean, that's one thing that, uh, you know, I never get away from. I don't really screen calls for that reason because if you have something to say, hey, say it. If I don't like it, I, I will cut you off, though. I mean,
5: yeah, but no death threats or anything like that you shouldn't be doing, you
4: know. That, nah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's commonsensical stuff, though. other guys.
5: Well, you know it's common sense. I know it's common sense. Doesn't mean everybody else knows it's common sense.
4: I mean, if you're out there and you're thinking about calling in and saying, "Yeah, I'm gonna like call in a bomb threat to the Skywatcher's Watchers Radio," <laughs> jokes on you, guy, because we have caller ID. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the FBI is just a phone call away.
5: That it is, and it's so, not like it. that. Reminds me, I actually had an ATF person call me this week. That's a whole nother story. Oh, uh, Related to yeah. the. uh Airline issue? No, 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 not nope. the airline. No, 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 no. Another reason. Another reason. Another reason. Uh, oh, it's, yeah, it was just one of those days. It was one of those <laughs> weeks, you know.
4: <laughs> when it rains, it pours. Apparently so. We're not going to see you one day in a cell next to Sean David Morton, are we? No, no, no. Luckily, okay. I have
5: not not been. Um, you know, I've never been arrested. I've never been convicted. Uh, Good. Uh, life life has been good with me that way. Speaking I know. Of, you're uh, so. Speaking of Sean David Morton, what's been going on with him?
4: Well, let's get to the news, shall we? All right. That's the best segue. Yeah. All right. Cool. That's a, that was a great segue. It really, thank truly. You, you. It, it was. No, I'm telling you, that was beautiful. I know. That's, that's right, folks. Uh, we have news. In the world of Sean David Morton, Uh, it's uh, hot off the presses. For those listeners who don't know who he is, why don't you go into a little bit of who he is? Well, uh, Sean David Morton has uh, been around for several decades now. He is a, uh, let's see, a psychic medium, a UFO researcher. Uh, He's all kinds of fake and forgery uh, type of guy. And uh, right now he's going to be a prisoner for, uh, you know, messing with the IRS. For a while. Anyway, he's uh gonna be All we can things. say is whoops. Whoop de doo is all we can say. Now the David Morton was sent uh, sentenced to federal prison, folks. Federal prison. Now, remember he was on the run for sixty one days, which ended on eight twenty one. So you spend a little time on the lamb, right? Now, a federal uh, this is a federal judge sentenced bogus psychic Sean David Morton to 72 months in federal prison for his tax scheme, in which he was found guilty of falsifying tax documents, filing false tax returns, while victimizing people of tens of thousands of dollars in a straw man redemption scheme, and defrauding the IRS of nearly $500,000. Oh, yeah. he going to jail. He gonna meet Bubba. Now, Morton, who gained notoriety through the uh, late night radio uh, show like Coast to Coast AM and through the New Age groupies and UFO uh, seminars for his wild predictions of UFO tales, uh, which, uh, never came, you know, true. I mean, his predictions never happened, but he had wild tales, right? Uh, he was convicted on over 50 felony counts. Other guy, 50!
3: Oh,
5: 50. yeah! It takes a lot to get past like ten. He Great. got he, he.
4: Wow, fifty! Wow. Now this was back in April when the uh, the convictions came down. Morton uh, he boasted that he was simply the best when it came to making accurate psychic uh, predictions. Yet he, he never first started thinking actually coming into uh, of his own demise coming to him. It was if he was a psychic, you would think that he'll be able to see his own demise and he'll be able to say, well. I'm screwed, let me do things the right way so I don't go to prison, because I'm a psychic, I should be able to see that, right, but no, apparently you can't help yourself when you're a psychic, so his own demise hidden right in the buttocks, and now he's going to be taken in the buttocks in prison, just saying, he's screwed,
5: he's he definitely screwed, screwed.
4: Federal agents originally arrested Morton, and this gets funny, uh, they arrested him and his wife on February 2016 as they, uh, disembarked from a conspiracy convention that took place abroad a cruise ship. Ironically, one of the uh, charges against the Mortons was the, was a conspiracy. And he was on a conspiracy cruise line. Go go figure. The, uh, Mortons oh, yeah. were, released. I wonder how many
5: people were just like, oh my god, it's real.
4: I know, right? The uh, the conspiracy is real. They're here to take you down, man. You must be telling the truth. The Mortons were released after posting bond and later went to trial for, on federal court. Prior to the arrest, and the IRS contacted the uh, Mortons uh, more than one occasion, advising them to uh, advising them that the paperwork and forms they were filing were illegal and to cease filing them. When the Mortons continued to file false bonds and paperwork, in spite of repeated warnings from the IRS, a federal grand jury convened and indicted the Mortons on, uh, uh, on numerous felony counts. While prosecutors uh, filed 56 charges against uh, each of the Mortons, they had an option of filing in excess of 100 charges against them. Wait a them.
5: minute, so, 50, so he got hit with 50 out of the 56.
4: Right, and they could have charged even up to 100 if they wanted to. Ooh, he screwed yeah, now this is funny. Remember, he was on the run for sixty-one days, right? Guess how they caught this guy. This is the best part of the story, and I'm just—they were dressed here. as delivery pizza guys. Kind of. Federal? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, this is, uh, this is really, really hysterical. Federal agents began surveillance, uh, surveillances on Morton's apartment, uh, spotting Morton's car parked at a nearby Domino's Pizza a short oh, time shit. later. Really? Dude, yes. I was just doing, I was just no. doing that as a joke. Are you serious? Literally, that's why I was like, kind of. Uh- <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh man, no I shit you not really?
4: I shit you not, a short time later Federal <laughs> oh, agents observed oh, Morin Walking out of the business wearing a hat Sunglasses and a and hooded jacket With a hood up, carrying a black computer bag Morin got back into his car And drove away It is unknown what kind of, or of any pizza He actually might have had at the place of ordered, But he was spotted at a <laughs> Domino's Pizza So it's funny you say that And I know you're not reading oh, the man, link shit I was
5: just Dude, I was just trying to roll a joke that you know, like knock on the door. Landshark pizza guy. You know, I'm just like,
3: (laughs) I'm like, really?
5: No, you're shitting me.
3: Oh man, did I call it? Maybe I should
5: do the psychic hotline delivery. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that's funny.
4: So this is how they caught up to him because he was out for some dominoes. Oh man, that's.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's just yeah. Dude, that's d- you
4: know, this kind of buffoonery does not write itself, folks. This is this is true to life. Uh, this man <laughs> who claims to be a psychic—he
5: didn't see that coming. You know, hey, he didn't see name? this coming. Dion Wait, Warwick. Seriously, Dion Warwick went out of business with the uh, "Call Me Now," folks. You know, it's like it's the Psychic Hotline. Uh, Call me now. You know she she got tossed out. You know it's shit happens. It's funny. Oh my god! That, I'm like really. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, All right.
4: What else is in the no, no, I, 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 You it gotta
5: says, tell me something else. Yeah. That's, it
4: says, yeah. It says, said during the uh, the same program that he would uh, be returning because he was actually interviewed on. a, I forgot to like mention this part, but he was interviewed on on a YouTube program. And he was live on video, and he was mocking the government for, like, being on, on the on the, on the the run and chasing him and whatnot. And he said during that program that uh, he would be returning to his internet radio show soon also. And undoubtedly, uh, he intended to use his status as a federal fugitive in an attempt to bolster his show. Check this out. Now, Morton appeared okay. on another internet streaming show where he mocked the government by jokingly saying, Oh, no, they they found me while he laughed, right? The following day, August 21st, federal agents followed Morton's wife to a hotel in Desert Hot Springs, California, where she was uh, meeting with Morton to uh, view the eclipse. Remember the eclipse that just happened? Right, right, right. And uh, Morton was taken into custody by the hotel pool while Melissa Morton, uh, which is his wife, was nowhere to be found. Yeah, federal agents uh, intercepted Melissa Morton as she attempted to elude them by driving out of the hotel parking, parking lot later on. Shh. The arrest so they got both them. the arrest of Morton, who is 61 uh, on his 61st day run, I should say, as a fugitive uh, to end uh, both him and his wife are now uh, in jail. And uh, I could not say it could not have happened to a better couple. And their downfall started at Domino's Pizza. And it just does not get better than that. They need to write a movie about this guy and make it happen. And that needs to be the way it ends with the federal agents tracking him to Domino's Pizza. It's great product placement and it's even funnier to watch happen. And I, I, I to want to subscribe. crack
5: a joke. I just, yeah, wow. Wow. I, I, it's like I see the deer in headlights look that's on his face when they're like, <laughs> it's like, hey, did you enjoy your pizza? Get in the car.
4: Now, if I'm the federal agent that goes up to him, I, I would. the first thing I would say was like, was that pepperoni tasty? Well, you going to be tasting pepperoni in to- prison <laughs> for years. <laughs> that's the better pepperoni on the way. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Geez. jeez. let's move on to something else that is uh, just as fake. (laughs) All right. By the way, this is from our our, our good friends, ufowatchdog.com. If you guys want to read along, it's over there on ufowatchdog.com. Both articles are uh, from there uh, that we're reading here. Uh, The next one is uh, the uh, Gaia uh, Muzan, Jamie Muzan, Jaime Muzan, however you want to pronounce it. Mummy Comes Unraveled. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, did we not call this? Did, did we not say this? It's come unraveled. I told you. I told you. Yes, indeed. So uh, it looks like I told you, so... Uh, we told you, so...
5: Yeah, that's... Okay, go on, read the article. And now, let's make
4: fun of it. Looks like another alien body, uh, quote-unquote, has been kind of debunked, fully debunked. Yeah, fully debunked, and it's... Uh, Biting the dust right now, it's bitten the dust, it's dust tails, this thing is over with, right? It says here, a while back, uh, the paid subscription website, Gaia.com, along with notorious hopeful hoaxer promoter, Jaime Musan, were advertising that they had found what was described as a possible alien mummy. Are you my mummy? Oh, I remember that Doctor Who episode. That That was a good episode, right? Uh, Gaia.com uh, made short work of producing some slick commercials to build the drama and the supposed discovery, the suspense of this discovery of this money. Right? They had commercials running on Facebook for months trying to get subscriptions right. up and people to subscribe to their bogus, bullshit website. Well, folks at Gaia.com and Jaime and Musan shouldn't be too quick to pat themselves on the culo or on the back yet. Uh, it looks like the DNA results are making the rounds everywhere, folks. Uh, everywhere except on Gaia.com or any of Musan's social media websites because they're not posting it. I wonder why. Well, this is the reason. Yeah. And it's making the rounds. Uh, everybody's looking at the DNA, uh, the NASCAR mummy DNA results. Guess what, guys? Lab results 100% match to. Huh? Who? Homo that-
5: sapiens! da!
4: It matches humans.
5: Okay, now, so it's a really, 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 really deformed
4: person. Well, right. they just wrapped it way too tight in the mummy wrapping. Or they took a really deformed person and they augmented the head, cut the fingers to make him look longer, and really butchered this poor person's body to make him look like an alien. Now, this looks to be a single page from a 42-page report and uh, this page clearly states that the uh, bone sample taken from the hand of the mummy was examined and found to be 100% matched to, yes, again, homo sapiens, that's humans. That's us. Uh, there you have it, folks. Very plain words and simple. The mummy is human. It's a human mummy. Mummy, human. Human mummy. End of story. That's it. Done. It's done. Ducktail. Game over,
5: man. Game over.
1: Game
4: over. And it should be known that Gaia is saying the results were 99% in an attempt to muddy the waters so they can further attempt to propel this story in an effort to it's hook It's
5: 9. 99.9999.
4: Yeah. Now, I was predicted whether Gaia would post some kind of a spin on this to try to keep the story alive, but if Gaia had this, uh, was actually dedicated to the truth, uh, they would make their mantra, and they would have uh, not released uh, the full DNA report, right? They, would, you know, Actually, if they were geared to the truth, uh, they would just... Admit that this is a, a bullshit story, and they were taken. Right?
5: Yeah, no, they're not going to admit the bullshit. They're not going to do that.
4: No, they're not. Never going to do that. Uh, you can read the rest of the report on ufowatchdog.com. Again, they do a beautiful job just exposing these hoaxers and con artists uh, on a daily basis, basically with uh, their uh, postings on there. And shout outs to them for keeping it real in ufology. That's right, ufowatchdog.com. Check them out. Now, our next story, other guy. Yeah. It's a uh, little video, which I posted to you on the uh, Skype chat there. It's a UFO hey, um, captured on video by a drone over North Carolina.
5: Okay, I'm clicking on it right now. Okay.
4: Yeah. Now, if you guys want to see this, I'm going to post it on our Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com forward slash skywatchersradio. radio. you guys go there real quick, you'll be able to see it right as uh, we're going to talk about it. Plus, I'm also going to post it in our uh, Skype chat. A second here, and uh, if you guys want to join the Skype chat, it's very simple. Go to uh, the P- the PSN page, uh, listen in live, and in there you're going to see a banner for Skype. Click it. I take you right into the Skype chat. It's very simple. Even if you don't have Skype, it'll go into the browser and it'll, you know, have you join us. You can pick a username, all kinds of cool jazz. And uh, if you want to be anonymous, you can do that also so you don't have to pick a name if you don't want to. But the best part is you get to see all the links we drop and you get to interact with us as we all chit-chat away on the PSN chat. So, now, have you had a chance to look at the video yet?
5: Yeah, I have. Very interesting, and that's a low flying. I'm assuming someone was flying mm-hmm. a drone based on the quality of the video, and something definitely flew pla- flew past
4: underneath it. Now yeah, this was, was this was yeah. something like ludicrous speed. This thing was going really fast. I mean, no yeah. joke.
5: Yeah. Well.
4: Now, it's all relative. Here,
5: For all we know, that might have been stationary, and it's the planet that was moving that
4: fast could be. It could be a bird. I mean, we, here's the crazy no, thing. No,
5: no, no. I, I, no, I don't think... No, no. Well, no, that,
4: here, here's the thing. It depends uh, It depends on how good quality of the drone camera is and how fast the bird will be flying near the camera. There are illusions to what happens when birds fly really fast towards the camera and the camera's going the other way, where it speeds it up and makes it look like it's going faster than it is. Right. But this but thing is going still. really fast. Like, this is... Yeah. Like, Really, 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 really fast. So yeah, I, no, I'm yeah. at
5: it. And I'm like, and based on the, uh, based on the direction that, yeah, um, I can't debunk this one. I mean, that's
4: it's tough. It's
5: and uh, you don't see any flapping wings. It's the same shape across the entire frame.
4: It almost look when they slow it yeah. down. Honestly, the other guy, it looks like somebody hit a baseball with uh, you know like all their might and like like Superman you said the baseball remember like one of the movies where he hits a baseball and just goes flying off the you know the earth kind of like that like a, like a projectile baseball yeah, flying I'm not there yet with that but well uh, kind of this sort of, this is my imagination okay? yeah i'm anyway. not i'm i'm not going
5: to deny that that is an incredible video it is i i i cannot deny yeah that's that's an incredible video yeah
4: that says here, North Carolina witness, uh, at Aiden reported discovering the UFO video shot from a drone according to testimony in case 80053. So if you want to check it out, that's from, uh, Mutual UFO Network MUFON, Uh, witnesses reporting, uh, databases we all know and love. The 59 year old witness is a retired, uh, man from the, uh, USAF. So this is, uh, pretty credible. I mean, this is a person that's not to be uh, fooling around with a 20-year military career who shot the footage at 2.12 p.m. on October 26, 2016, just last year. And uh, he said, and I quote, I thought I'd seen it all, the witness stated. This footage took me back. I was flying my aerial camera from Aiden District Park. The skies were clear with unlimited visibility. I did not witness this object first-hand. It wasn't until I reviewed the 4K footage, so this is very clear footage, 4K footage, on my 4K TV that I first spotted the object on video. The witness explained uh, the footage saying I I shot it in 4K, 30 frames per second. So, yeah, very clear, guys. And uh, you can view the object in 10 frames as it flies towards and passes under my drone. Uh, during these 10 frames of viewing, this object travels three-quarters to one mile in one-third of a second. That's about 10,000 miles per hour. That's what I'm that? saying.
5: That's... Unheard of. That's... yeah, that's yeah. incredible.
4: Now, the object appears to be solid while emitting its own light or reflecting light, if that's uh, was one or the other. The file uh size prevented the witness from uploading the video uh with his report and it was also uh then posted on YouTube. So he couldn't upload the original because it's such a big file, but he uploaded a much smaller condensed. Uh, you know, there's
5: there is four K uploads available on YouTube. But uh yeah, Maybe his know.
4: internet doesn't uh give him you know enough speed uploading, I don't know. Um it says MUFON, North Carolina field investigator Sanford Davis uh closed this case as an unknown and I'm not oh, coming you back think? To watch. I'm um, leaving this one as unknown also. I'm yeah, I mean it's I don't think this is not CGI. I don't think this is CGI. I mean, no, I don't think I, so either. Yeah. I think that's a legit
5: yeah, I think that's legit unidentifiable. Um I'm not trying to knock it around at all, but yeah, um I'm not gonna dismiss that one.
4: I mean, it could be a lightning bolt, you know, a lightning bolt that just, you know, flew through the atmosphere. No,
5: no, 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 no. Too low. That's
4: too low. Yeah, that's the thing. That's yeah. I mean, that's yeah. it was not right, higher but, up, yes, but it's a little bit low. You're absolutely right. All right. So what that's else? It's a, we... a tough one. It's a tough one. Let's see. Oh, this is a good one. Canadian oh. UFO researcher and author uh, to teach UFO continuing education courses. Huh? What? What? My birthday? What do you mean? Okay, go shoot. Now, this is posted on Open Minds by our good friend Alejandro Rojas. So if you guys want to check this out, go over to openminds.com. Openminds.tv, I'm sorry. Openminds.tv and uh, check the article out. Canadian UFO researcher and author to teach UFO continuing education course. Chris, I'm going to butcher the last name here. Chris Rutkowski? Rutkowski? I have no idea. Rutkowski, I'm going to go with that. Chris Rutkowski is a science writer and UFO researcher. He has authored several books on on UFOs and has also taught courses on the subject. Next month, uh, he will begin teaching his latest UFO course for the continuing education program for St. James Asiniboya. Man, these are weird names. James Asiniboya School Division in Winnipeg. Uh, oh, it's in Winnipeg. That explains the weird ass name. UFOs are still somewhat of a taboo <laughs> topic and often met with ridicule in the world of academia. So UFO, uh, courses are few and far between. However, ridicule is something that, uh, Rukowski over here combats well with, well, with that name he's gonna combat, of course, all kinds of ridicule, but, uh, with a well-developed uh, sense of humor. And uh, he says that he's been a science writer and also understands how to bring credibility to the topic that is often misunderstood. And uh, quote he says, okay, he's going to bring credibility. Okay, go on. Well, on. hold on. Huh? Let, me, let me get uh, this quote out of the way here. He says, I often get asked uh, what is really going on and uh, where do I get good information? Right? He says, uh, such courses are, are, are a way to educate the public about a very confusing subject, which is true. You know, this could be kind of a confusing subject. Aliens from another world. Very confusing, I know. I get Oh, yeah. It. Very much so, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're from another planet. I'm so confused. What does that mean? I'm another so confused, planet? Star what is that? Human? I'm so confused. What is a planet? So confusing. I'm Shh. my head. Although the public's curiosity is healthy when it comes to UFOs, it was uh, with Kowski's relationship with uh, St. James. Uh, School division that helped to uh, get the course created. And he says, I've been teaching courses on... Writing for several years, they asked me if I had ideas about other courses that I could do, and I suggested, uh, suggested a course on UFOs, uh, explain Rakowski because my latest book came out a few months ago, and it's about a major UFO case in the area, and because I wanted to sell some books to my students. Oh, no, that's not what he said. Uh, it's, it's, it's because it's been getting a lot of attention. Uh, they knew about it and they thought it would make a good special interest class, and I agree we should have more classes. Uh, you know on. Ufology and UFOs and the history it would be on, nice. on this thing—it would be nice. Yeah, it, it, uh, you know—that I think would actually help uh, not only spread awareness on the field. But it'll help, you know, also get people, you know, educated enough that it's not a laughing, you know, topic when they hear it on the news or when they talk about it. It's, it's not a jokey type of thing where, you know, if you right. mention a report, you hear the reporter laughing or giggling along. You know, we can get away from that kind of mantra or that kind of mentality. So, I mean, you know, courses like this, I applaud them. You know, yeah, I hope we get more of them, if anything. Makes sense. So, anything you want to add to that, or the guy?
5: Nope, nope. You said it all for me, man, let me tell you. You covered all one. the
4: bases. Now you had a story you wanted uh, to get to earlier. Did you ever find that? Um,
5: no, I did not. No, I didn't. And I've
4: been looking for it, and I don't know where it is. So I'm just going to not even talk about it. Figures. Yep. Uh, blame it
5: on me. It's on me.
4: It's always your fault. Uh, there's <laughs> there's always uh it's always your fault, other guy. It just is. yep, it is. Now uh, check this out. What, you know what's one thing we've always talked about here on the show? UFOs. Well, yeah. Besides that, <laughs> Jesus, work with me, man. Besides um, UFOs,
5: besides UFOs, what's I one narrative? What's know? one narrative?
4: What's one narrative that I keep bringing on every time I talk about UFOs or I talk about you know the subject of uh, alien abduction or a- a- aliens in movies, for example? What's you know one you know theme that I keep referring to that I think is happening with you know the aliens? As they uh, portrayed disclosure? in movies, no.
5: no. Okay, I give up then.
4: What? Well, disclosure kind of is it, it's part of it. But a running theme of mine is uh, that they're using the Hollywood establishment and they're using certain people to kind of like indoctrinate and condition the public for a possible future disclosure. Uh, for example, one perfect person uh, that uh, you know history points to is Jackie Gleason. Who a lot of folks I uh, believe had uh, first-hand knowledge of UFOs. Some I say he even. Did. Some people say he even uh, saw alien bodies. Right. I think was, that's.
5: I think that's very, very realistically possible.
4: Yeah, I mean, this is a common uh, thing that people talk about. That you know, he had this kind of a, of a privilege, and other folks in Hollywood have had it also. Now, a report on Open Mind says that Steven Spielberg was offered to aid the United Nations. UFO efforts during the Close Encounter era, back in the seventies. Really, that's yeah. interesting.
5: Actually, you know what I find really, really interesting? Um, have you ever seen the movie Paul? Yes. Okay, I think that might be really true to some degree.
3: Well,
4: I—it's possible. Mind All down. right. No, I seriously,
5: I—I'm I, I, just. Like you know, I I think that's a realistically possible thing that you know uh, we, we've had aliens we've been interacting with who've been feeding us information to get out via the media,
4: right? Which is what I'm, I'm talking about here, right? Kind of. okay yep. But anyway, Spielberg said uh, he was offered to uh, aid the United Nations in UFO efforts during the Close Encounter era. And what I find funny is they show the picture of the uh, you know one of the scenes from Close Encounter, and it's that mountain that you know. Uh, which Dreyfus is working on in his, in his living room, and he's like, he was building this mountain out of mashed potatoes. Remember that mountain that at the end all the UFOs yeah yeah, yeah. On? If you look at the picture, I mean, I know you... You know, that, you're, you know there was
5: a big UFO convention there this past week, right?
4: Yeah, 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 I know that. But if you look at that photo, tell me when you look at it, stare at it really, really closely. And tell me, doesn't it look like a giant nipple?
5: No, no, not at all. Okay. Um, it
4: looks like a... Like yeah men's breast with a hair and a giant nipple. No,
5: no, I'm really not
4: going to go (laughs) there. Anyway, it must have been the weed I had last week. But anyway, it says here, uh, Steven Spielberg is really into UFOs. Uh, This is not too hard to imagine, given movies like Close Encounters of the Third Kind, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, and his miniseries Taken, which was excellent, by the way, amongst other uh, works that he's done in the genre. In a recent interview with uh, journalist Lee Spiegel, I discovered that he, uh, or Alejandro discovered that he also lent a helping hand to the 1970s effort to get United Nations to investigate UFOs. That's right. Hmm. He says, I am currently in uh, Wyoming, where I can see Devil's Tower National Monument, which was popularized in the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Tomorrow, I'll be doing a uh, talk about Spielberg and his history of interest in the UFO phenomenon at the uh, Devil's Tower UFO uh uh, UFO research or rendezvous, rend- uh, which commemorates the 40th anniversary of the movie, which is what you were talking about. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Spielberg is, uh, of course, a uh, Spielberg was a young New Yorker at the time. And he had just put together a record album uh, documenting UFOs. He realized that there were a lot of credible people talking about UFOs, and pitched the project to CBS Inc., who liked the idea and sent him around the country to interview these people. Among the interviews that uh, the scientists uh, that he interviewed were scientists, politicians, law enforcement, astronauts like Gordon Cooper, who relayed his personal UFO experience. But of course, right. the big one: Steven Spielberg. Dum dum dum. And tell me this does not make perfect sense.
5: Yeah, I think there's some um, truth to it. Yeah, there's that definitely makes some sense. Yeah, absolutely.
4: I mean, if you're going like, to indoctrinate an entire nation, an entire world, if they believe that UFOs are, are real and that uh, there's some truth to this stuff, you would go for, like, the top dog movie makers and tell them this is the narrative.
5: Well, you figure, which came first, Jaws or Close Encounters?
4: Uh, Wasn't it Jaws? Or was it Close Encounters? They both come out in 70 don't know that much.
5: I know. I don't know which came first, but I'm wondering if it, Jaws, because it scared people in such a way without actually showing the uh, the shark and one whole giant thing. I'm wondering if that's what triggered them to use him for Close Encounters.
4: Well, Jaws came out in 75.
5: Okay, and, and
4: Close Counters, close 77. Encounter. Yeah, so Jaws came out first. I don't know that that might be, but remember, Steven Spielberg at that time was already like because of Jaws, he was an established filmmaker. I mean, this he right, was right, the guy to go to for something like this. That's what I'm right? saying,
5: he was established in special effects and everything.
4: Yeah, so
5: yeah,
4: yeah, that's the that's the man you go to. And uh, Close Encounters is one of the best uh, movies in the genre ever. Uh, Spiegel says that the, the, the three men did. Did meet with Spielberg to talk UFOs and essentially says that it's an amazing experience. At the end of the meeting, Spielberg said his office would help with any uh, anything that they needed, and Spielberg and uh, Spiegel said that uh, they did provide some graphics and information that were incorporated into the UN presentation uh, that they did. It said in a quote. It was amazing since Spiegel. One day, I got a call from Spielberg's publicist to see if I wanted to go out and uh, go to Hollywood and meet with Stephen, Dr. Uh, Heineck, and Dr. Valet. Uh, Spielberg's first response was, why do they want to meet with me there? That's, you know, weird. Uh, he didn't I think uh, anyone knew about or who he was. Uh, he was told that Spielberg actually had heard not only of him, but he heard of the UN presentation. And, uh, wait, 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 wait. It,
5: back up for a second. You said he was... Who was bringing Jack Valet and, uh, Heinick to the meeting? Spielberg was bringing them or the other guy was bringing them?
4: No, no, they were all coming into this meeting uh, that was, uh, orchestrated. Um, yeah, I have to read a little further up to get back to where the, uh, whole thing was orchestrated. That's why I, I, I dropped the, uh, the link so anybody can go back and read the whole article. All back. right. Yeah, there was a presentation put together and, uh, the people who put it together, uh, brought Spielberg, Valet, a bunch of people together and, uh, they allowed, uh, the Spiegel. To uh, interview right. him, huh. and and uh, Spielberg was very receptive, and uh, he gave uh, as much information as possible, and admitted that yeah, he was approached by the government, and uh, that's uh, that's kind of what happened with Close Encounter. Now, I'm I don't just wondering re- if
5: Jack Valet, you know, I I could understand that the Jack Valet character might be the French guy in Close Encounters. I don't know what name
4: he. That's exactly who he's Not, supposed to be in Close Encounter. That's yeah.
5: that. That's exactly yeah. who he's supposed to be. Yeah. Yes. So who
4: was heineck then, in the movie? Uh, probably one. Probably one of the scientists. I don't remember.
5: Oh, okay. All oh, I know uh, it's,
4: a great, it's a long great. article. If you guys want to read it, go to Open Minds TV. It's uh, again by Alejandro it's, Rojas, and uh, you know, you know the uh, UN footage. Uh, it was what happened in the UN. It was nineteen. Uh, 19- yeah, 1978 is when they had the, the initial UN uh, meeting about UFOs. And yeah. uh, that's where Lee Spiegel was there, heineck Valet, Gary, Cooper, all these other witnesses were there and presented information and stuff. and um, You know, of course, now with Spielberg dropping his uh, two cents in there and saying, yeah, he was approached also, it's just starting to come together, isn't it? Like, you know, everything we've talked about in not only this show, but other shows the this subject that... Have, uh, you know, kind of put this out there that, yeah, we've been indoctrinated, folks, uh, by Hollywood, by the media, by the government itself. Uh, This is all one big, uh, you know, indoctrination to accept the fact that we're not alone.
5: Well, yeah.
4: That we've been visited. That aliens are out there. That it's not that confusing of a subject. So when I hear stuff like the other the other article, like oh, it's so confusing. I don't. I don't what's so confusing It's aliens, other worlds. You know, the I'm possibility
5: of life being out there is too realistic. You know, it, it it it's the Drake equation. You know, we ain't alone. We don't. The biggest thing that I'm worried about is
4: what happens if they're not friendly. Well, that's the uh, the big thing that what's his name um, Stephen Hawkins was saying, yeah, what right. if uh, you know we, we uh, call out for the aliens and they actually uh, find our signal and they decide to reply? And uh, well, let's just say they're not friendlies. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. What happens if they're not friendly? We we're screwed. And he makes per- you know honestly, he makes perfect sense because look, what happened to the Native Americans when white man landed on uh, on America? It wasn't too good for them. It didn't turn nope. out well. Every time uh, you know a society has a, a foreign invader come in. They might come in peace at first, but it always ends up in a slaughter. I know. So. It's, you know, we're screwed. Just yeah, pretty much. We have to deal with it. If it's not the zombie apocalypse, folks, it's going to be alien invasion. One or the other. Yeah, I'm so not
5: looking forward to it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know Either yeah. way, we're going
4: to do a lot of running, you and I. We're going to get into a hell of good shape. If we yeah,
5: that, we're going to be tripping people along the way so we don't get yeah.
4: taken. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was bad, wasn't it? Yeah, that was pretty bad, that was pretty bad. Uh, i I give, a, I give myself at least a week before I die in one of these uh, apocalypse, maybe two weeks, what do you think? Um, You're going to die of starvation a lot sooner, man. No, I think I have a lot of reserves, I can go
5: by week. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll be just fine, thank uh, you very man, much. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm not convinced yet, yeah, no, no,
4: you're, you're going to die a horrible death. Wow, thank you for
5: that. Hey, you're welcome anytime,
4: man. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Yeah. You know, it takes a good friend to tell you you're going to die a horrible death.
5: <laughs> anytime, man. I'll be there for you to tell you how you're going to die in a horrible death. It's going to be terrible. Uh, it's it's going to be brutal. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be bad. But it's all going to be in good fun because we're going to laugh at how well we die horribly. Actually, have you ever seen the movie Skyline?
4: I have, actually, yes. I actually a, liked it, and it got butchered by like audiences and critics. I know, critics I know. I have and no idea why. It was
5: a great movie for what it yep. was, and the budget was almost uh, Paranormal Activity budget. And they're making, they have made a sequel, and that's actually coming out soon. But, oh, Is it really? Yeah, yeah. It, I was just like, really, really like, wow. I was like, it, I was really impressed
4: with that movie. It I don't understand. Very, I, I don't understand what the, the the backlash was in that movie because it was a, a fun movie. I had you know tons of action right. no, no. good effects
5: I don't know I didn't get it I, I, I don't understand either which reminds me I've got to find something in my history of things I saw on YouTube uh, bear with me for two seconds I gotta post this link there's this YouTube video that I saw the other day that shows this guy who's got a unique magnifying uh, camera that has recorded some amazing things that a large have to be starships or other or some types of vehicles in space um, that are just really hard to dismiss. And they don't look like asteroids either. Hang on, I'm trying to find it here. Where the hell is it?
4: Uh, Let's make this quick because we're about to go to our next segment, which is Blast Through the A-Hole.
5: Oh, let's do Blast Through the A-Hole while I find this video. How about that?
4: All right, well, there you go. We can do that. We can definitely do that. So uh, let's get to Blast... The hole away, blast Here we go. You ready? Yep. Oh yeah, you're ready. First question comes from Derek. He wants to know. Uh, well, he, he, first of all, he says, uh, "Happy you guys are okay after the big storm." Uh, good to, uh, to know that you're coming back on radio. Uh, quick question: Did you see any UFOs while Irma was hitting? I didn't nope, see any did UFOs. No. I was sleeping through Irma. Uh, to be honest, I uh, I slept through most of the hurricane. I figured if the roof is going to cave in on me and kill me, I want to be asleep while that happens, uh, so I uh, passed out uh, when the power went out. Actually, we lost power on uh, Saturday, uh, 8 p.m., I think it was, seven thirty, eight 8 p.m. around there is when the power completely went dead here in the area, and uh, I said, okay, well, 8 p.m., 9 p.m., that's a good time to go to bed, and, uh, you know, try to go to bed for a little bit, and then it got hot. Dude, it, it, it was hot like Africa in my house. It got so hot in this place. Uh, it was like a third world country in my, in my house. It was, it was that hot. And uh, we had to, like, you know, do something about it, and uh, we couldn't because the hurricane was sitting outside, so I got out for a little bit, went outside with the hurricane, and just, uh, you know, sat out there, got wet, it was fun, and then I came back inside, dried off, and went back to bed, and that was about it, that was the entire, That my experience was very, very, uh, you know, nonchalant. And uh, when I woke up the next morning, it was still hitting. You know, it wasn't as hard, but it was still raining. And I recorded a little footage, which I'm going to put online this week, uh, which is actually, uh, uh, you can kind of tell, some of the damage that was done to the backyard. But, again, thankfully, no damage to my house. And uh, thank you, Derek, for uh, wishing the the best on us and uh, being happy that we're okay. Uh, so there you go. And, of course, the other guy was uh, nowhere to be found, right, because he left. He was gone.
5: Right. I, I, was in, uh, I was already in – I was already in – where am I? Washington.
4: I actually have to think
5: about it. Where the hell am I? I'm in Washington, yes. Where am
4: I this week I have no
5: idea. I, you know, if you laugh, man, I lose track. I, I lose believe to you. God too. So I believe you know, you're, you're, you're on the know, road all the time. It's I like know. the hell with Carmen San Diego, where the hell am I? Well, in
4: the world is the
5: other guy? Yeah, no, don't do any... Yeah, dude, you sound... You suck at
4: karaoke, man. Just forget it. Karaoke to me, baby. Oh, yeah. So, thanks, Derek. Let's go to the next question here, and this is coming from Joey. Now, they sound like a bunch of boy band members, really. Derek, Joey. Okay. Sure. Uh, He wants to know, what what new shows have you been watching recently, uh, and are any of them UFO-related? Orville, really
5: Orville, watching there Orville. Oh, you know, that's a good question. I
4: haven't seen it, but give us I your take. I've been watching it. it. Uh, We've the first two episodes.
5: I think. Well, second episode aired yesterday, and it's moving now to Thursday. So I don't know if it's going to be on, uh, you know, Thursday or not. Uh, it wasn't a bad show. Um, you know, it's you know someone posted up on Facebook a real thing. It's not the Star Trek Next Generation we wanted. It's the Star Trek Next Generation we needed. Um, I mean there wow. there's some yeah, I mean there's some there's some comedy in there, there's some seriousness, there's you know it's it's a McFarlane kind of a show. Um, uh, there's unexpected things that happen. And I, I I enjoyed it. Is it the best thing out there? No, I'm actually really enjoying Midnight Texas.
4: Right How is the special effects though, on on Orville?
5: The special effects are on par with Star Trek Next Gen. Okay, so I mean that's fine. Right, uh, you know, basically McFarlane proved himself with animated stuff and right. not so well with live action with some of his movies. But I've got to admit, um, they gave him a decent budget,
4: and he's really taking advantage of it. Well, Ted and Ted Two made a lot of money, and actually, I didn't really like Ted or Ted Two uh, personally. Uh, but i did like a million ways to die in the west and i know a lot of folks hate that movie for whatever reason because it's kind of stupid but i like stupid comedies and it just makes me crack up every time i see it so yeah
5: but yeah i, I really i'm i'm watching orville ufo related supernatural related i'm watching uh, midnight texas which i really nice. think is and i've actually gotten into um people of earth
4: Yes, I love that show That is
5: a great, great, hilarious oh, show Oh my god,
4: a little great oh, alien is hysterical
5: Oh, yes <laughs> Yeah, and then they have the box that's actually uh, Yeah, the cube you know, <laughs> The cube, it's like, Ha oh, hello You are so special, I like you You can yes. be best friends <laughs> Yes And the reptilians no, with uh,
4: the face peeling I mean, yes. it's, 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 really a, it's really an enjoyably... It's like the best. No, but the best thing though, the the best character on that show is the uh, the Nordic white guy, the white alien. Oh yeah, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. He's he uh, is yeah. so clueless and dumb, but such nice, noble, like humble alien that he, you you want to love the character, but he's such an idiot. You're like every time he, if he <laughs> speaks, you're like, God, this guy's a moron. But again, he's like such a nice guy, and he's an alien. It's like love that show.
5: Yeah, it, absolutely. It, it, love it's, it. It's a great show. Folks, if you're not watching it, you've got to check it out. You really do. Oh, by the way, I found the two videos that
4: I wanted to point out to you. I put them in the, uh, in the box. Oh, cool, cool. And you know who, uh, is one of the producers of that show? No, who? Conan O'Brien, he's one of the creators.
5: Really, I don't yes. know if he's the creator. I think he might be one of the, uh, the the guy who greenlit the budget. I can't see him really. Well, he produced
4: being... our first. He produced the first two episodes, and uh, he was one of the guys who came up with the concept of uh, the storyline. Oh, really? On. Yeah, yeah. Originally on, but he was he produced the first two episodes. Everything else, you know, its production company has you know taken. Some production, you know, value I guess on the show, but now it's All other right. people, you know, doing the rest of the production. But if you look at the show at the end, it says Team Coco or Team Moko, whatever the hell. Right, right. That's Russian his production company, company. company. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good, so good to it know. Is a, it is a legit Conan O'Brien project. Great. So it's, you know what you it's do?
5: Awesome. You, you figure out a way to interview him about the show. How about that? You go do that. That would be epic. I love Conan. I O'Brien, know you me. He, he
4: It would be a fun interview, to say the least. Oh Jesus, that'd be great. No. Corn O'Brien, is, to me, look, it, you can say whatever you want about the late night hosts, you know, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, whoever, Seth Meyer. Jimmy,
5: Jimmy, and Jimmy, and
4: Jimmy Right, Jimmy. To me, the best of them all still is still Corn O'Brien. I, I loved him when he was, when he was on uh, The Tonight Show. I loved him when he was on, that, you know, what was the one before that? Uh, later with Corn O'Brien. Right. I love that show. I mean, it, it, he has been funny for years. He gets funnier as he goes along. I think it's T B I Show now. is hysterical. And uh, it's a shame what happened to him with The Tonight Show, because that could have been really epic. Well, so. I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen him, so, yeah. Oh, you haven't All seen right. the new show on, on TBS? I haven't very seen really the new show, really. Oh, very, very, very funny. Uh, we got a break in a couple of minutes, but also we have a couple more blasts here, so let's get to the next one. All uh, right. This is from Willie. He wants to know... Uh, well, well, hold on. I didn't really finish answering my question because you answered the UFO related one for Joey. But uh, one show I've been watching, we, which you haven't seen, I, I assume, and maybe you haven't, you haven't. But have you seen the show Defiance?
5: You mean the Defiance series that was on Sci Fi that's now been over for three years? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I have.
4: Okay. On the recommendation of a buddy of mine, he told me, Bro, you gotta download the three seasons uh, of Defiance from Sci-Fi. You're, you're gonna love the series. And I started watching the pilot episode, and the pilot is really good. Right. I'm halfway through the first season. So far, it's good, but there's a lot of, like, weird, like, filler episodes that have nothing to do with nothing. And it's just kind of stupid. Some characters are kind of retarded. But for the most part, the first three episodes are excellent on the show. So if you guys right. wanna check that out, check out Defiance. I, I think they have it on Netflix. You probably find it somewhere on a sci-fi uh, network. Also, maybe uh, you download it. I don't know how the hell you get your TV shows, but I highly recommend the first at least three episodes. Really good stuff on that show. And it has to do with a future Earth after an apocalypse. So, but right. further along the theme of theory, right. Right. Anyway, now the next uh, question is from Willie. He wants to know what are your thoughts on the new uh, look for Luke Skywalker in the Last Jedi? Well. He looks gray and he looks old, and he looks badass. Like, especially the one in all black now. in it's not the first time we've seen Luke wear all black. You know, Return of the Jedi wore all black, but in that, you know, in, in Return of the Jedi, he had the inside was white because you know he, that was the light in the dark. That's what George Lucas is going for the contrast. Um, here, he's just wearing all black, and he just he looks pissed he looks bad I thought he looked badass I love the uh, you know the look I cannot wait for December I just you know leave it there right you
5: know no what it's what gonna be said? it's gonna be good it's gonna be fun uh I think yeah
4: the last I, July, I, so I, I, I'm really. excited about it
5: <laughs> I know I don't yeah. right this second but I am excited about it
4: I really am I really cannot be more excited about it and uh last question of the evening before we go on a break here uh for uh, Star Trek nerds, uh, this uh, person wants to know, and this is funny, his name is Trevok. Huh? Trevok. Yeah, I don't think that's his real name, but okay. Probably not, now. But uh, Trevok wants to know, uh, and he put in quotations, says, Tuvok or Mr. Spock? Who did the whole Vulcan thing better? Oh. Other guy? Other guy? Oh.
5: Um, ooh. Yeah, the I Ho-ho, think... Oh, yeah, that's a tough I one. I think... No, no, no. To tell you the truth, I think Nimoy did it better than anybody. I think Tim Russ did it better after that, and I think Zachary Quinto, Um, he got the nuances of Nimoy. He did. He really did.
4: Yes and no, and I'll tell you why. Nimoy Go ahead. went – when Nimoy, uh, and I've seen the old episodes, I've seen him on the, the, uh, the original movies, and the way he played Spock, he was very emotionless for the most part. There's right. too much emotion emitting from Quinto's Spock. His face shows way too much emotion. It's a complete contrast to Nimoy. Well, it's
5: a whole different evolution of Spock from the Prime to the Kelvins uh, timeline.
4: Right, which is something that bugs me the wrong way because it's, uh, you know, I'm used to Spock one certain way, and it's just, he's too emotional. In his facial expressions, I'm uh-huh. more used to the, the Spock being very emotionless when he's delivering his lines and raising the eyebrow. You know when he has you know something that he's thinking about, which goes in contrast with the uh, the Catherine is saying, or when he's thinking in deep thought. You know that's the Spock that I that I uh, you know came to know and love. But to be honest with you, I think that uh, Tuvok, in a lot of ways, did it a little bit better, um, just because he was a little bit more action oriented and it was a little bit more modernized, uh, for my taste. So actually, okay. I enjoy I enjoy Tuvok's version of uh, of the Vulcan uh, a little bit better, slightly better, but not. I can't say that he was you know blowing away uh Leonard Nimoy's uh Mr. Spock because it just wasn't Nimoy Spock is an iconic ca- character as as there is. But I, I really did enjoy uh, Tuvok uh, a whole lot. Um, there was also another Vulcan on um what was the other Vulcan that was very popular on one of these shows? Belana Torres. Yes, Belana Torres. She was also really good. Right. As a as a Vulcan. So I mean I think everybody who's portrayed a Vulcan so far has done a good job. To be honest. They've all done pretty well in that role as the Vulcan of Star Trek. Now the Discovery show, I don't know that do they have a Vulcan on the on the crew? Um on which show? The new one, Discovery.
5: Uh I would assume they will. I would believe they would. I would hope they would. But um I don't know. I, I, I'm I really, you know, I haven't been hearing great things about it, so... You know. uh,
4: that's the sad part, yeah. Me neither. That's. uh
5: Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just
4: not there yet, you know? I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the pilot, so I'm going to hold judgment off until I see the pilot, but I've also been hearing some bad things on it, uh, so... It is what it is, guys. We got to go to commercial break. We're right at the end of the hour, and we got Robert Morningstar waiting in the wings. So uh, we're gonna hit a, a quick commercial. We'll be back in uh, two point five, and on uh, the other side with Robert Morningstar. Be right back. <laughs>
3: Here's a plan for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn
0: more. Roswell. UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. Talk Stream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow, now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the The best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store and more. Superman 733374 that's 9549733374 or visit keyinformation.com Roswell UFOs flying saucers alien abduction are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the internet. Greetings. My name is Spud Goodman, and I am, in fact, a talk show host. But the Spud Goodman Show is more than just a talk show. Spud and his temporary co host Gerald, its temporary permanent co host, Super. interview celebrities, welcome live musical guests, present fascinating feature segments, and take calls from an assortment of unique callers. Should I laugh now? And you can catch the Spud Goodman Show Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on PSN Radio. That is messed up, yo. Have you heard Mac Maloney lately?
1: In your military career, did you ever see anything that came close to an unusual UFO sighting or... No, holy <laughs> sh! That was the, yeah, ten uh, seconds. Of, uh, no, uh,
3: what are you? That tra- was so
0: convincing. Yeah, what are you trying, trying to fun. say there?
2: Well, UFO is an innocuous term.
0: That's the worst <laughs> fucking denial I've ever heard. And identified flying, flying up. Mac Maloney's military X Files Friday nights at eleven p.m. Eastern on the public streaming radio network.
1: Anidentified Anidentified flying
6: darkness in the black is black.
0: On the road to nowhere, there's no turning back. Love reached out and touched me, stopped me in my tracks. Cross my heart, cause it's true. I'm nothing
6: without you. Cross my heart, cause it's true.
3: My eighth birthday, I fell in a pile of fire ants and suffered significant wounds on over 70% of my body. Since that day, I have made a solemn vow to kill every insect on planet Earth. I hate them with the passion of a religious zealot. Speaking of religion, of all the biblical plagues, I hate the locust plague the most. For the last twelve years, my white hot rage has materialized in the form of my business, McGrath pest control. I have harnessed this unforgivable intolerance of insects and released the wrath of my fury on bugs in and around the homes of Houston. I will kill those bugs in any way that I can. Chemicals, my boot, my bare fists, or any other object that can end the life of an insect. Call 281-469-8240 and give me the honor of killing bugs at your house. I also hate rats and spiders. Go to McGrathPestControl.com.
0: Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. We lost her too soon. Gone, but not forgotten. Now, you can own an authentic piece of movie history. Elizabeth Taylor's ashes. In a small commemorative urn. Remember, remember. That I want you to forget me, please. For just $29.95 plus shipping and handling, we'll send you an ounce of real superstar soot. Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. You can have a piece of her forever. Command performances leave me quite cold. Call today. Hurry. Quantities are limited.
4: Live on Skywatcher, Richard here with uh, Space Boy in the background. Yeah, shout out to our good friend Space Boy. Now, sadly enough, we're not going to be able to have uh, Robert Morningstar on tonight. We just got word that he's not going to be able to make it with us. He's stuck really He's far got away a from good home. reason. He's got a good reason. He's excellent reason and uh, excellent, excellent reason. And uh, he's stuck away from home right now and he can't make it. So we'll rebook him for, for another show and we'll have him back on uh, periodically pretty soon. And, of course, uh, we love Robert, so it's not a big deal. You know, we, we'll, we'll get to him uh, in a week or two. Um, but with that said, we have to make up time. Now uh, we have an hour to kill, and uh, we have uh, open lines. If you guys want to call in, 786-245-8127, by all means, call in. Open topics, whatever you want to talk about. Whether it's the uh, mummy DNA that, that we discovered is now, uh, you know, it's a human. We know what it is. Uh, whether you saw that video of the UFO being captured by that drone, if you're going to talk about that, if you if you can debunk it, call in. We'd love to hear from you. Whatever you whatever you guys want to talk about, it's open lines. It's your show for the rest of the hour. I do have a clip of something that I wanted to actually get to, but I didn't know if we were going to have time or not. Now we have all the time. Other guy, woohoo! We have plenty right, of I'm time. A, that's right. I'm an excited person about it. Well, you should be. I mean, the the world apparently is going to end. It's September.
5: Okay. Right? All right. Uh, if you say so, this September or next?
4: No, no, no. Right, like right now, September. Right.
5: Okay, who said that? Like now, who's now. now. That I, think like,
4: I think it was like in a week. Okay, who's made that decision? What are we thinking about? <laughs> our, our good friend, Mr. Five Foreheads himself, uh, David Wilcox, uh, and others are talking about, uh, you know, the, there's a possibility of a uh, – Planet hitting us within the next week.
5: I think
4: we would see it speeding through the uh, solar system by now. You would think that that rational thinking would debunk this completely out of the water, right? Like you would think that people would be like, unless "Come on, come unless on, unless
5: in some amazingly amazing elliptical orbit." You would think
4: we would see it coming. Well, if no, it's a week away. Right. Doesn't no matter what orbit it's in, you would see it. I mean, it, it'll be uh, it'll be huge in the sky if it's a week away, and uh, this is a tiny pebble.
5: Other well, like I said, thing. if it's in a really amazingly elliptical orbit, we would I
4: mean, see there's, it by now. there would have to be amazingly amazing. Okay. Right. So, to use your uh, favorite catchphrase, amazingly yeah, that, amazing. Yeah, that would
5: be amazingly amazing.
4: Yes. Um now this is uh you know something that I wanted to get to, like I said, I'm gonna play a little bit of this audio. We're gonna come back after we hear some of this stuff. It's uh David Wilcox uh again confirming that September Planet X will be coming to hit us. It'll be hitting Earth. All right. next week. And we're gonna talk about this, uh, uh and we're gonna, you know, chime in on what we think. And uh, if you guys wanna, you know, give us your thoughts again, call in. Here we go. Ah, this is gonna be fine, man.
1: Pending mass arrests. You have to understand the scope of what we're talking about here. We're not talking about 10 people, 20 people. We're talking about a systematic, potentially worldwide effort. Although most of these conspirators are in the G5 countries, so I've heard but it's a very widespread effort to effectively give us, as a planet, a massive dose of antibiotics against an infection that has been threatening to almost completely destroy its host, the host being the earth and its people and the animals and the plants and the trees and everything. So Drake came along on the Internet recently. I was sent an email by him announcing that he was going to have some radio shows, But when the email first passed by my desk, I didn't quite catch the impact of what it was saying. Because up until now, the only people who have really been reporting on these pending mass arrests whatsoever have been Benjamin Fulford and myself. And in both cases, we have together and independently sets of contacts, some of which are deeply embedded within the Pentagon.
4: So, right there, folks, uh, you know, if he and one of his buddies are the only ones that are talking about this, my God, that must be so credible, right, other guy? Oh, my goodness, because David Wilcox is one of the two guys that are talking about this. Nobody else is talking about this. I wonder why. Shh, it's a secret. It's a bullshit. David well, Wilcox. have
1: reported to us that this is very real. In fact... I had heard from an off-the-book source, this is not somebody who's gone public at all, uh, that this had been sparked by 9-11 to a large degree, that many people in the military realized that they were not in the chain of need-to-know and that this was not Arabs with box cutters who caused these buildings to fall into their own footprint. If that could happen, if kerosene can melt steel, then every kerosene heater ever built is a massive hazard. But yet they're all sitting there just fine. So something is going on here. People know about it. They're scared of it. And in what I call the sheep effect, they feel that if they keep their head down, then the wolf won't know that he's been spotted. But the sheep who's dumb enough to look up and stare the wolf in the eye is going to make him charge, and that's the one who ends up dying. Well, I'm not afraid of death. Neither is Drake. He's here, and he has put a public face Behind something that up until now has sounded like two guys stroking their egos, trying to say something that makes everybody feel good, but has no teeth behind it.
4: Well, oh, hold, on, hold on, hold on, I don't, I don't think, think it was, was the egos, egos, egos
1: they were stroking. <laughs> <about.
4: Okay. laughs> I'm just saying that there are two guys stroking their egos, and they have no teeth behind it. Nobody likes a biter. That's what I'm saying. Ladies, nobody likes a biter. <laughs> <laughs> and now
1: here you are, and I want to hear what you have to say. So why don't you tell us a little about yourself? And how you got into all this.
6: <laughs> well, uh, what I'd like to do um, in conjunction with that is uh, let people know what we're not. Okay, great. This will give you, give everybody a, a better uh, idea as to what's going on.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. One more thing I should point out is that I called you the other night, and we spoke for four hours and 22 minutes is what the phone said when I hung it up. And I called you jointly with one of my very senior top insiders. So you will now be able to vouch that you spoke to him and how amazing that discussion was. And more importantly, I've trusted him, built it.
4: Okay, see, this is one thing that David Wilcox loves to do when he talks to other folks on on video or or he's doing the interview, he guides them to give the answer that he wants the narrative to be. Like, yeah, you can vouch now for this guy who is one of my insiders. But we won't mention his name or anything, of course. And then, uh, you know, of course, it's it's not creepy enough that he spent four and a half hours with this guy on the phone. Right? No, not not at all. Because you can concoct uh, some bullshit hoax story in four hours of being on the phone with somebody like that's not enough time to come up with some narrative to try to like fool people, right? David Wilcox, nope. Right?
5: No. Nope. None? Nope. Not at all.
4: Nope. Nope. Not at all. Now, I've known you for over a decade, other guy. Over a decade. Yeah. Other than doing nope. the radio stuff. Actually, we...
5: dude, dude, it's it's not a decade now. It's fifteen years.
4: Yeah, like I said, well over a decade, it's fifteen years. That we've known each other. Yeah. Now, in, in all this time, have we ever spent four hours on the phone together? No, no, you're not my type. No, you know what I'm saying? Like dudes usually don't talk to other dudes. Look, I've had many guests and I've had interviews with them, and I love the interview. I love the guests. So if
5: it's an interview, yeah, and we're going back and forth, yeah, but uh, we're I mean, not on radio, yes, four hours in uh, a row, it's know, like, dude, no offense, I got better things to do than talk to you.
4: None of that. Look, I had Travis Walton on the line, and by God, right. that was an, an amazing uh, conversation on the air when we had him on the show. I talked to him briefly several times off the air, but I know he has things to do. I know he's a busy man. I'm not going to keep the man tied up for four hours. Right. And the same thing with Stan Friedman and other, and other folks I've interviewed and talked to on the, you know, on the, on the show here in the, in the past. But, you know, when you spend four hours on the phone with somebody – you're gonna talk about you know a bunch of different things, and in four hours you can come up with a nice narrative to then sell the public. And I love when when folks sound like this, like this gentleman, uh, this Drake gentleman, and right. this is a, this is the kind of guy that of course we're supposed to take at face value as uh, somebody who's, uh, you know, whistleblowing some information. Now listen to his right. uh, way of speaking and I'm not saying that, you know, average folks can't talk like this and know some shit because, yeah, I'm pretty sure they can but when you think about a person who's uh, going to have some credibility behind whether they're, they're going to tell you, you want him to sound a little bit more professional than this jackass but listen to this. I'm, I'm just going to say, listen to the way he speaks, listen to uh, the conversation back and forth with him and, okay. and uh, Five Head here, Five Head Wilcox and uh, it's, it's hysterical it really is listen to this all right here. all right go cool.
1: and he vetted you out and actually identified dozens of specific points that you said that are not on public record that you could not have known unless you are the bona fide authentic real deal so i want to make that point first cool
4: <laughs> um,
1: so right, right
4: there, right there. See, so when, when you're talking, look, look at the setup that David Wilkons is. Well,
5: hang on, hang on. Wait, wait. wait. I, I've got to give you, give them the benefit of the doubt, depending on the hour of the day that this was happening, hold I on, understand hold on, it's man. in the middle of the night, the guy's saying, cool, man, I'm talking about cool. Thank you.
4: Yeah, uh, but daytime, nighttime, doesn't matter. If you get that kind of setup, if you're this dude and you're supposed to be this, uh, you know, this uh, important figure that we're going to talk to, you know, your answer, you should not be cool.
5: It's like, whoa, dude, I know Kung Fu. I,
4: I expect that kind of answer from the other guy. Not from a whistleblower. Oh, boarder. shut up. To hell with man, you, you a bitch. Hey, I'm, I'm not a little. Just saying. Okay, you big bitch. Right, you're there you better go. Than... Much better. Much better than sure. other guys. All right, you're fine, you're fine,
5: fine. What are you not?
6: You yeah, um, know, there's a there's a, um, a boatload of people who would like to jump on the back. Yeah.
4: Okay, a buttload did of people. Really? Uh, did he, he said wait, a, wait,
5: wait, wait. No, no. He, I th- He I said a buttload like load of people. Boatload. Like, really?
4: I thought he said boatload, like ship a boatload. No, no, no. He said he I did not buttload. hear Buttload. I will rewind it if you want. He says a buttload yeah, of don't people. Go ahead, do that.
5: Go ahead, you rewind going,
4: it. You're gonna make, rewi- make me rewind this thing, really?
5: Yeah, yeah. I heard boatload, not buttload. Tell him anything or not. Uh, do you or not
6: uh, yeah. Doesn't seem to matter. Basically, I want to make this absolutely, make this absolutely so there's
3: clear. A there's a thing called nation states. Well, I was
4: just before one. <laughs> Uh, let's go back uh, a little bit. They deal with if they keep their here head down, know
1: that wolf won't know that he's been the spotted. Damn enough to look up, enough to look up and, and, the 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 look and, and scare the wolf in, in the, the eye and make him charge up. and that's the one who ends up well, dying. i not afraid of death. Oh, well, I'm not afraid neither of death. Neither is Drake. He's neither here. is Drake. Put
4: a, public and face. And he has put a public All right, face up let's hear it again. Oh, all right, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. So can, oh, right, it's up coming right. up, it's yeah, coming yeah. up, let's, it here, let's hear it, let's hear it again. He said butt load. Something that makes, out. Out. Said, something that makes everybody no feel good <laughs> but has no teeth behind <laughs> it. Now, here you, now, now here, you are, well. here you are, and I no want, to want to hear what you have no to say. No teeth behind it, huh? Tell us a little about
6: yourself. Well, what I'd like to do in conjunction with that is let people know what we're not. Okay, great. This will give you, give everybody a, a better uh, idea as to what's going on.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. One more thing I should point out is that I called you the other night, and we spoke for four hours and 22 minutes is what the phone said when I hung it up. <laughs> and I called you jointly with one of my very senior top insiders. So you will now be able to vouch that you spoke to him and how amazing that discussion was. And more importantly, I've trusted him, built it up over years, and he vetted you out and actually identified dozens of specific points that you said that are not on public record that you could not have known unless you are the bona fide, authentic, real deal. So I want to make that point first. Cool. (laughs) Um, So some disclaimers you said you have to give us here. What are you not? Yeah. There's a there's a um,
6: a boatload of people who would like to jump on the bandwagon and get whatever they can get in terms of snatching names. Um, Dude, I, your I, Spanish
5: I, accent is making. I me hear good. buttload of people. Folks, could you call in and tell him that it's boatload, not
4: buttload? I hear butt.
5: Give out the phone number. Let other people chime in, since you don't. Can you guys hear,
4: hear butt? Load of people, call in 786-245-8127. If you hear boat load of people, call in 786-245-8127. Either way, get in on the uh, action here and let us know Do you think it's butts or boats.
6: Or name dropping, that sort of thing. They post a website with a certain name and everybody gravitates to it because of this or that. Whether it's selling anything or not um, doesn't seem to matter. Basically... And I want to make this absolutely clear. There's a thing called nation-states. Now, uh, the project we undertook uh, falls under the definition of what a nation-state is in terms of sovereignty. However, there is no such thing as nation-states. It does not exist. There is nothing by that name from us. Okay? Okay. Okay. Uh, Without affiliation, there's even less. So any of the websites out there that say nation states um, is probably somebody trying to either sell a widget uh, or build up their importance. so they got an ego problem or they want to take issue with what we are about. Now, we do not have a group. There is no group. There are several groups, but no main group. There's no leader. And we don't have a database that we keep on anybody. Most uh, of the people are anonymous in that we do not know exactly all of the people involved in this. Now, primarily, what this is is a uh, was a project given to us, and I'll explain the parameters of it in a minute. Uh, the process was uh, at first an, a- an accident in some ways. Um, the information from me came over a radio show that I complained about. Somebody took notes and tried it and it worked. And we'll cover a little of that in just a minute. But um, there, uh, the only basic thing that we've done is a notification process um, that uh, was defined by the basis of the lawful notification of a nation-state its existence and proclamation of that to the world
1: and the idea behind doing this is ultimately for sovereignty and freedom exactly for yeah. actual states in the united states as well as for individuals in the united states
6: exactly okay um... the um there's several things that go into this now we're not affiliated with the white knights gatekeepers
4: I- well, let me stop it for one second. I'm gonna fast forward a little bit so we can get to the planet right. stuff, because right now he's setting up his group and what you know they are and you know how they came up with all this information and blah blah blah. It it takes a little bit of time, so let's fast forward a little bit here and jump get forward. More, yeah, so we can get to the meat of the uh, of the bite load of information here.
6: Contact. Folks, call in uh, the group and things that we get our radio shows, this sort of thing is all there. If you need further questions, ask the webmaster and we will see what we can do about up and supplying an answer to it. Now, basically this is the prelude to what exactly went on. Uh, you want me to go into that now?
1: Well actually let's talk about underwater basket weaving. That might be a little more interesting. <laughs>
4: uh, I have trouble. Yeah, that's a that's a bad joke by David Wilcox. Under Wolverine.
5: underwater basket weaving, what the
4: hell? Yeah, I, well, I don't know. That came out of uh, one of his <laughs> <out> of <that> <laughs> long. <laughs> um,
1: no, I mean, this is what we're here for. I yeah, I've heard from my own sources that there is an absolutely vast amount of incriminating evidence that has been collected that will bring down whatever you want to call them—the New World Order, the Illuminati, etc. Uh, you gave me some very specific information about how much of that evidence exists. I don't know whether that was public or not, so I'm not going to say more right now. But you also have given much more specific information publicly than what I've heard privately. And you have fleshed this thing out into a three-dimensional entity that has gone way beyond the point of a speculative what-if and into, okay, This is a vast operation. They've been building up to it for a long time. It's extremely clever, and it's extremely intelligent how it's been put together, and it has been calculated for maximum effect and maximum success, and there's a great deal of coordination that will uh, be involved. And I think that probably one of the main things that needs to happen and why they asked you to come forward is we really need to help the public know that this is not another silly New World Order martial law takeover, which is what obviously certain disinformation outlets are going to try to spin this as once it happens. But this is, in fact, the the saving of the planet. And it's the military, as you were saying, not following unlawful orders and actually living up to their oath of enlistment, which says right in the oath that every soldier has to swear to, before God, that he will defend and protect the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic.
6: That's the United States Constitution. The
1: Constitution, that's right. Um, you're, you're, you're right
6: um, about this. Um... I learned how to, I, I became, I came up above the radar by accident, uh, but, uh, nobody else was, uh, putting out any of the basis of the plans involved.
4: Alright, we're gonna, we're gonna skip some of the plans and we'll get right to the meat of the thing because this is kinda...
5: Yeah, yeah, it's dragging off. me out. Yeah, let's get some to out good out. stuff. Ooh,
6: look at that guy shoot that ball at the hoop or whatever. And I'm gonna tell you, that's superficial. That's one that's of the, uh, within your area, yes. Now, by that I mean, you should declare the whole yard and use a finger system if you're going to do something of that nature, <laughs> simply so that you got to where it was going. So, the basic uh, premise of the of a nation state is this that, that those during those times had stated offices. Uh, there's there's a variety of them. Uh, okay, they had a combination of different duties.
1: I don't mean to sound like an idiot. I just cautious
4: to make sure for that David it's always people
1: don't think that you invented the term federal marshal and that it's just some guy on the internet reading <laughs> websites and, and oh yeah I'm a marshal and here's the little badge that I made
6: <laughs> yeah I bought one of those yesterday down at the dollar store I understand what you're saying <laughs> really want me to do that and they'll say in such a fashion that you can carry out whatever duty it is. And it could be any kind of a thing. It could be playing war games or whatever, maneuvers. You might go down and uh, assist somebody with logs, uh, you, you never know. It could be strictly a preparedness or ready training thing. Well, we got to get these guys ready, see how quick they can get their gear, put them in the truck, take them over here, and can you hump up over that hill? How long does that take? These kinds of things are lawful orders. Uh, if there were to be an invasion, and I understand that, understand that that's been uh, offered and turned down. Um, the uh, difference between that is you're going to have people trying to come across the border uh, for the strict purpose of taking you out. That's different. The other part of this was I was requested to contact as many of the underground as I could, to include militias, to include freedom groups to include uh, the people by themselves that just happen to have a gun or, or kind of like me, too much hillbilly, too red over the neck, and I got too many guns and live in the woods. <laughs> um, the uh, premise for my contacting those people was to tell them to get ready because there is, this is coming, it's not going to be stopped. And uh, it's coming a lot sooner than people think. And the other part of it is, don't under any circumstances, engage our military. That's not what this is about. You find out from them, you know, what's up? Oh, we're just going down here. Okay. Uh, sometimes, some of these people will be contacted for to assist them. In other words, this is going to be an all-out effort in this country, and it's going to take a lot of people. There are <laughs> a considerable number who need to be removed from office or their responsibilities and contained, retained, and arrested. Now, my understanding is they're planning to populate the FEMA camps with all these dinks, and I feel that's appropriate. They built them for us, now they could go take a camping trip in (laughs) them. Karma is a bitch. Yeah, so I'm looking at that. Okay. um, Afterwards, doing this is not, to me, as um, extraordinarily anxietal as a lot of people would think, I'm not as concerned with this part of it as I am what comes after. Uh, there's going to be some interruption. In other words, you need to get some extra toilet paper and a few extra can, canned goods. And I'm talking about have enough for, say, a month or two. And that should basically cover the the lapse in time. Not all the trucks are going to be running. So there's grocery that gets cleaned out when everybody thinks that uh, the world's gone mad or like they do during a hurricane um, right then you know if it doesn't get resupplied what are you going to do well this is why we got extra food this is why a lot of people up here do this is why people up here raise their own gardens um, simply you can stuff and you put it up and having that extra not only is it less expensive than going to the grocery but just in case something does screw up real bad and it's coming um For the, say, 10 days, I don't know how many people consider the importance of this, but to me, being civilized does equate uh, to the use of certain hygienic uh, items. and One of those that I know of that to me is extraordinarily important is simple, plain old toilet paper. It might behoove people to think about not being able to go down to the grocery when you run out and get some more. And I'm going to tell you, newspaper doesn't
4: make it. You know, that's about the only thing I agree 100% with. Uh, You need a lot of toilet paper. (laughs) The end of the world is coming. You need a lot of it. Now, basically, the narrative here, guys, because it's dragging on and on, but uh, they're saying uh, within the next week or so, uh, Planet X is going to hit us. It's going to be a catastrophe on this planet. Uh, ...to the lights of uh, FEMA and all these groups are going to, you know, have to uh, declare martial law... ...we're going to all be under arrest, you know, through the FEMA camps... ...and uh, if we're lucky to survive at all, it's going to be all hell breaking loose... ...and basically this is one of the guys in his group that is out uh, spreading the word that this is going to happen... ...and that's Stephen Wilcox, admitting that sometimes he sounds like an idiot... And he's, of course, uh, you know, interviewing this guy and putting this out there as a possibility. Now, this story has uh, picked up traction on the internet, where uh, folks have actually been reporting that the end of the world is coming, John Revere. The end of the world is coming in a week or two. People actually believe that we're sure it is. It's coming. They think the the brew is coming. Uh, once again, I mean, if if there was a Planet X coming, wouldn't or any planet for that matter or any object that's going to hit us, wouldn't we see this thing by now if it's a week away or two weeks? I don't know.
5: Has there been any major deaths from above for any uh, astrophysicists or uh, telescope watchers? Because I haven't heard of anybody dying because they saw something. Actually, this nope. sounds like a really bad plot line to the uh, TV series uh, Salvation, which is I... actually a
4: really good series. It kind of does, actually. Have and you seen
5: salvation yet? It's a
4: great, great show, I, yeah, I've seen a couple of uh, yeah, but it really kind of does sound like that kind of like plot line,
5: yeah, but we've been having this plot line that the world's gonna end you know for how long now
4: every Maybe, uh every five years, four years,
5: yeah, some sounds about right, yeah, right,
4: so right. don't- be, don't believe the hype, guys, look if David Wilcox S- is interviewing folks on this thing, and, uh, and he's interviewing people and putting this stuff out there, then you gotta smell the bullshit so. Don't believe the hype, the The world is not If we're ending. not here
5: next week because the world ended, we can then admit we were
4: wrong. How about that? Correct, yes. I would eat crow if we're dead by next week.
5: All right.
4: Or I'll get eaten by crows because I'll be dead. All dead. Right, exactly. Sounds good. Let's get you killed. Okay. Yeah, either or. Right. Uh, that was a whole lot of audio for a whole lot of uh, stupidity, huh?
5: Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah.
4: Well, that's what David Wilcox does. So now we know that the Nazca mummy is uh, 100% BS. Yes, yeah. Um, I think I called that out a while back, but, you know, yes. who, I have no idea what I'm talking about, right? Most of the time, no. But now we know that's BS, and now we know that, uh, well, we all really, I mean, let's be honest. If you believe the world is coming to an end next week. Then you need to run around in traffic blindfolded, because you're to a society, no favors at all. Like, seriously, none. None (laughs) At all. So, I don't think the world's going to end next week. I know other guy here doesn't believe it's going to end next week. Yeah, it's not on my
5: calendar I checked. It's not there, yeah.
4: Not only that, I'm kind of hoping to make it past December, so we can see The Last Jedi...
5: Yeah, I want to see that,
4: and I want to see a couple of other stuff. Yeah. yeah, I want to see Thor
5: Ragnarok. You know, that would be a nice thing too.
4: That looks really interesting. I, uh, yeah, yeah. To admit the, the the Hulk actually speaking in a movie and saying lines and being funny is uh, going to be interesting.
5: Well, cause... they explain why. They, you know, we know why he's he can talk now. Should uh, I send, should give spoiler? Yeah, why not? Spoiler. Spoiler. Um turns out when they meet up with Hulk on that planet he's been the Hulk since we last saw him so for about two years so he's developed some type of speech
4: he hasn't changed ah.
5: back in manner
4: ah so he's been like consistently the Hulk right so at some point like the rage wore down he's like uh, Hulk need to Hulk tired speak Hawk tired and horny and hungry and Hawk need new pants. Why do they always rip through the pants? And it's funny because the pants that Banner wears usually, I mean, it's funny because like, they stretch when he becomes a Hawk, but they don't completely I rip off. I guess they do.
5: Uh, you know, I, I I just don't
4: know. I'm Because just... now you wouldn't be seeing the Hulk's junk as he's you know, running <laughs> around, and you don't see that ever, like, the pants stretch. Like, what's the material of those pants made of that he wears? Because, my goodness, they're pretty good. It's, it's pretty good elastic. I mean, I don't think that, uh, anything that Superman wears is not what's spandex or anything like that.
5: Right. So, well, that reminds geez. me, um, yeah, that reminds me, i got to send you a video that you're going to crack up on. Um,
4: hang on, let me find it. Okay. With that said, we're gonna have some dead air. Dead air? Alright, hang on. There you go. Because that's what radio is all about. What is that? Uh, Hulk Fox Oh Man. (laughs) Uh, You gotta watch it. funny. Okay, that's enough of that. I am so sorry I clicked on that link. Yeah, sorry about that, folks. Yeah, I wish I would never have seen that, actually. uh, Let's just say, let's just say, Hulk, have good time.
5: Hulk, have very good (laughs) time.
4: With Black Widow, no less. Yeah. My goodness. I guess she
5: is getting a good lullaby, so
4: you yeah, know. Yeah, no kidding. Sorry, I'm being bad. I'll
5: I'll shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just you know the, I saw that and I'm like,
4: oh my god, that's so hilarious. That is astonishing on your part to you bring that up at this time and hour. It's what? <laughs> astonishing that you brought that up. It's amazing. Well, you know, it's... I'm astonished by that video. It's uh...
5: y- you know, hey. <laughs>
4: you... You
5: wanted some Marvel spoilers? That's definitely spoiler. That's
4: a spoiler alert. Right that's a yeah. Ragnarok if I've ever seen one.
5: That's a that's a big rock. Is that what you said? What?
4: No, that's, a, that's a Ragnarok if I've ever seen one.
5: Oh okay. oh, okay.
4: What is it? What does Ragnarok even stand for? For the uh, lames who don't know? Uh, Ragnarok is the um,
5: apocalypse uh, that's supposed to take place according to Nordic lore uh, when the worlds collide and everything ends and you know, that kind of stuff.
4: Ah, so that's what's going to happen next week, Rack right? Rock,
5: right? Exactly.
4: Sounds yeah, sounds good. Exactly. So yeah, so, that's uh, what happening. That's what that's about. Yeah. Well, the segue. The to some actually a, a little sad um, that we're gonna that I wanted to bring up, and I didn't want to bring oh. it up on the, on a happy time, you know, part of the show. But uh, you know, we've kind of a uh, beat for the most part this year. Why? Who did
5: we show. lose this
4: week? We no, we haven't. We haven't lost anybody this week, but uh, our good okay. friend Dr. J is uh, a little bit, uh, well, he's a little sick. And uh, he is uh, going to uh, be at the hospital this week on the 26th. He's going to uh, be in an induced coma. Oh. And, yeah, this is uh, very serious. He uh, actually has he has an autoimmune disease, uh, which has been attacking his system for several years now. And as you can imagine, uh disease like this, it's, it's similar to AIDS, but it's not AIDS. Uh but it attacks the immune system and it's similar to cancer in some ways and lupus and it, it's like it's some rare virus that he that he has and what it does is it's attacked his immune system for several years now and uh he has his uh lungs uh filled with fluid, I believe because he's contacted uh, pneumonia through these, uh we uh, wish diseases. him
5: the best and uh this is That's uh, horrible.
4: I think I don't know if it's the second or third procedure he's gone under now, but every time he does, uh, has to go through this so have to drain the liquid and you know go back and forth with the doctor. They have to put him under a coma, and uh, there's a good chance he might not make it out of this one because he's very, very ill. And uh, our thoughts and prayers are with him. Uh, Absolutely, yes. The uh, as you can imagine, the cost of something like this is uh, immense. Uh, his insurance has covered about four million dollars in costs over the last couple of years. Oh goodness. Uh, yeah, which I just became aware of. I was not even aware of this. And uh, now, we, you know, there has been uh, set up already by uh, his family, uh, a GoFundMe page, uh, or by actually Dr. Jay, I believe, was the main person that set it up. But uh, it was uh, put together to help the family with the cost of, uh, you know, the medical expenses because now insurance is not paying, more, you know, much more of this. And uh, the procedures are pretty expensive, and the family is kind of, you know, strapped for cash at the moment as you can imagine you don't have to pay a lot of right. stuff in pocket not only that uh, if he does pass away you know they're, they're going to have to bury the the man and uh, the funeral and costs and all that stuff it adds up right it adds up so there's a GoFundMe page that's been set up uh, guys I'm going to go ahead and give the uh, link out and um me, uh, any penny
5: any penny helps any penny yeah. helps
4: every every dollar helps every penny helps um let me see let me uh Get the uh, link out here so I can uh, post it up for you guys. It's a GoFundMe.com page. So it's a GoFundMe and uh, it can be a second here. There we go. GoFundMe.com forward slash help dash cure dash autoimmune dash pneumonia. Right now the goal is $250,000 to to help, you know, set all the costs of medical expenses uh, that the insurance is not covering. Um, you know they, they've got 455 bucks uh, made so far. I'm gonna make a donation this week as soon as I get my paycheck. Well, how much?
5: 250,000.
4: Correct. yeah. And how much have they got now? Uh, about 455 dollars. It's a good start. It's a, it's a it's a start. So I'm gonna post that in the chat real quick. Hey, look at that! Robert Morningstar is calling in.
5: Oh my goodness! Half an hour. Oh, I'm sorry, 50 minutes till the end of the show. All right.
4: Hey, Mr. Morningstar, how you doing, buddy?
5: Robert. <laughs> Oh,
2: fellows, I'm very sorry. I was abducted by Paul McCartney. No,
4: we, we
5: heard about that. We didn't want to say his name online, but yeah, we heard about. Oh that. well, see, I thought, that any,
2: he'd be, I thought he'd be finished by eleven, and I'd be home in time. And he he had to tell the crowd to go home.
4: <laughs> if anybody has a good excuse, Paul McCartney is a hell of a great excuse. I'm a huge Beatles fan. Love Thank wings. You. So if if that's the excuse, my friend, yeah, are not holding it against excuse. you. Don't yeah, worry, no, not, not doing, at all. Yeah. Thank you. I,
2: uh, maybe I can share something with you. I don't know. Uh, it was the most amazing concert, one of the most amazing concerts of my life. Really? And he he covered the history, you know, of the Beatles, Wings, his new band. They are fantastic, and they have this new uh, guitarist who is like the reincarnation of George Harrison.
4: Oh, wow.
2: It was wow. very impressive, and I encourage anyone who has a chance to see Paul McCartney on this tour to do so, because was I was I was very moved. Friends, have you ever heard 20,000 people singing along with somebody? That's really hard, unless everyone Yeah,
5: Queen, song. we will rock you. Yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah,
2: well, this was the practically the whole concert. You know, the, all the songs everyone knew, and then he yeah. encouraged the the audience to be the chorus, and it was a fabulous concert. And actually, brought tears to my eyes at uh, at times, uh, remembering wow. Lennon, remembering Jimi Hendrix.
4: Did they do they do any tributes to uh, Lennon uh, at the uh, show?
2: Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, tri-
4: tribute
2: him? That's nice. He, he wrote. He did a song that I've never heard publicly. He wrote a a song to John after John died, after John was assassinated. He said that this was a conversation that I I wanted to have with John, but I never got to have. And it was a very touching, very moving song uh, about the French, you know, remembering the good old days and how it used to be. Yeah, And and it was very touching. And then they did um, Lady Madonna and the, the early Beatles songs, you know what? The best or the most powerful part was the opening. He started off with A Hard Day's Night. Oh, nice. It, it just went up from there. So, And it was at a fantastic venue. It's called the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. I've never been to it. It's where the Nets and the Rangers play. Yep, yep, yep. But Beautiful
4: establishment, yep. And yeah. Yeah, I've that. been there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, be, be, before you uh, came on the air with us, uh, b- real quick before we continue, uh, Robert, I wanted mm-hmm. uh, to uh, end this off. We were talking about our friend Dr. J, who's a little bit under the weather and uh, is going to be yes. uh, going under an induced coma this week, uh, coming up for a procedure he's having. And right. I, was giving the, I was giving out the link. I want to give it out one more time because I was being asked here to give it out again. Cool. Um, it's uh, gofundme.com forward slash help dash cure dash. Autoimmune dash pneumonia. Uh, look that up. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and post it on our website, Skywatchers Radio. I'm gonna post a link on there, SkywatchersRadio.com, and on the PSN dash Radio.com page, we're gonna post a banner later on also there. Uh, please give as much as you can to help out uh, a good guy. Dr. J is, uh, you know, a good friend, and uh, right now he's in, uh, in need, and we need to, you know, reach out and help uh, our brother in need. And uh, I know you're friends with Dr. J, right, uh, Robert? Oh
2: yes, um, I was very good friends. I've been on his show a score of times, and uh, like you fellows, you know, we had we get into a rapport, and it's always a, a wonderful experience. So I'm very yeah. sad to hear that uh, he's having these uh, complications. Mm. And uh, I'm praying for him. I found out about it last Friday from uh, Johnny Webb, you know. Yep. Our English yep. friend. And so my prayers go out for dr. j and um, i'm sure i'm sure he'll be all right there's no reason why people should succumb to pneumonia these days
4: well you know i uh, remember art bell had this experiment back in the 90s where he had a, a mass consciousness uh group effect uh, that he wanted to try to cause uh right. with his audience coming together and you know wishing right. for the same thing if we all get together and uh, we're all mass consciously you know put our thoughts and prayers for dr. j maybe we can help uh you know cure I him and uh you know hopefully yeah, that works, and we get you know we'll have him back sure. on the air and uh you know, I would hate to lose a comrade and and uh, and dr Jay like, you know he's, he's a good guy, he really is, so
2: George uh, we'll did the same thing George Newy did the same thing last week uh he asked
4: oh did he? the
2: week before he asked people to help think about hurricane uh Irma, you know mm. going south, and it did. Um, I did a great show with Hoagland and uh, Robert Stanley and uh, John Francis, a, a former two, a former naval officer, on Sunday. And, I heard about
4: that. Yeah, actually, uh, we, 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 I wanted to to bring that up. We only got like ten minutes left in the show here, but I wanted to oh, bring that up earlier when you know we were going to have you on. Sure. Uh, how did that go? Because we've had Robert, uh, you know, we, we've had right? Hoagland on we the show were, here before, and he's an amazing been, cat.
2: Yeah, we discovered some amazing things in the course. I mean, we were having an investigation during the course of the show, and I discovered some amazing things about that ship that crashed into the USS Fitzgerald. I discovered the chart of the tracks of the ship, and after I saw those tracks, I tell you, brother, I think that 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 cargo ship
3: Uh intentionally
2: intentionally hit our destroyer. There's no explanation for the deviation from its course that it did. It did. And and he was saying, I, I'm not the only one. I came across an article by a specialist who's a specialist in shipping, and he said that if the catastrophe wasn't so tragic, that the testimony of the ACX Crystal's captain would be comedy. It would make no sense. So that's for another time. I told you when I was uh, speaking to you last week that I have a surprise for you. Yes. The surprise is that we did a a program on June seventeenth that was so good that I've turned it into a movie. What? And yeah, I turned uh, our document. I turned our dialogue of June seventeenth where we covered everything in, in UFOs and then Iran UFOs in Iran. Mm-hmm. So I I produced uh, a documentary or a film of, of uh, it's called. Sky Watchers Radio, UFOs over Iran.
5: Very cool. Really? We Now, is that on YouTube or it's, what yet?
2: Yes, the preliminary version is on YouTube, but I, I'm polishing it up, and the version that I'm going to put up now is far better. And I have photographs of myself in Washington with the pilot of the F-4. Do you remember the Iranian UFO incident? And so I met that pilot in Washington, and we hit it off. And, you know, I told the story on the show, so I yes. illustrated it. And, brothers, uh, UFOs are flying left and right and all over the place in this documentary. I think you're going to yeah, like
4: excellent. it. Excellent. That's that that awesome. May I link you that? Uh, as this is, uh, you know, finalized, you know, the final cut, make it to the, the final cut is for you.
2: coming this, is this week. I, um I procured a videotape of the president of Iran uh, disclosing his UFO experience to the people of Iran, which was a central uh, theme of of our program, that the most dictatorial, diabolical, despicable tyranny on the planet has revealed UFO reality to its people, and and these guys in Washington and the CIA and NASA are still playing games. Mm like we don't know what's happening, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think you really enjoy it, um, and I'll send you the link. Uh, I can send you after the show. I can send you the link to the current show, but I prefer to polish it off and uh, and send you the finished version. So,
4: I'm, I'm going to see it. I'll, I'll, I'm definitely yeah, looking forward to seeing it. I know. think
2: you'll enjoy it. I had uh, a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun working on it. It's about June, cool. June 17th. Eight, june july august yeah about three months three months work uh, on it and
5: well excellent hopefully you give me a real copy on dvd or something when i head up to new york in about two weeks
2: oh yeah well you know i can actually uh if you have skype you know skype is a really cool thing for transferring big files yes. oh yeah that, true you're right Jim. yes so through skype i can just uh, take the copy and uh, put it on skype and you'll have it so yeah we can do
4: that too yeah sure yeah. By the way, next, uh, in the next few months, uh, Robert, you know, it's the other guy here. He travels all over the place, but I'm going to try to coordinate the time that I could be up in New York with uh, the same time that he's on there so we could meet up and that uh, do, be some,
3: you know, do some video
4: be stuff together.
2: Wonderful. I mentioned to you, you yeah. know, this, this, uh, this documentary that I've made about the radio show could actually be turned into a movie about you guys setting up this really interesting radio show and going through all the, the hoops of <laughs> Mr. Murphy and Mr. Hoover and throwing a hurricane with some footage that you might have shot. Let me tell you this. We've been talking about weather wars for quite a few weeks since I was on the Hoagland show, and I was watching the destruction, and I learned mm. the destruction of Irma And a lady uh, who's got a channel called Truth, she captured the satellite imagery from NASA. And in that satellite imagery, I found the moment when something killed Hurricane Irma. Irma went from category five to less than category three in about 36 hours. That's never been seen before. Mm -hmm. And something happened. There's a lot of
5: unusual things with Irma, but that's. Right, but the thing is, most striking
2: is that I found a video section that shows the moment when I think something killed Irma. And what happened is that the, it had a double-walled eye, right? It, it, most hurricanes have one eye and one wall. This one had two right. walls, right? And something created a five-pointed a white star. So I call it the white star that killed Hurricane Irma pentagram appeared in between the walls of the hurricane and within hours of that uh, aberration the hurricane collapsed from the inside and what I saw happen in that moment is that the vortex of clouds, you know the the wall is the center and all the clouds usually go circularly, vertically spirally around they spiral out right from the hurricane well at the moment that this white star appeared between the two walls it seems like the whole double wall burst and the clouds went from circular and spiral to radial like curved spokes the whole thing just broke up in one blast and all the clouds were shattered and went they they switched almost 90 degrees i would say about 85 degree change in direction and all broken up like spokes instead of concentric circles or concentric spirals, Uh the thing changed instantly into basically a bicycle wheel with curved spokes radially expanding and shattering the structure, the internal structure. And within 36 hours, the winds had gone from 75 uh, to 50 you know, yeah. when, when it hit Florida, it was going seventy-one miles an hour.
4: Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. It, it completely died down, and it's funny because really? everybody—I have friends who were calling and they were like, "Man, get out of town! This place is going to be flooded." And yeah, I it, saw, I saw it do that, and I was like, "No, this thing is dying down. Something's going on over here. This is not going to be as bad as uh, you know people think."
2: Yeah, well, you have to ask yourself where did all that energy go? Because Hoagland right. was saying that the energy of Hurricane Irma was like one. Uh, a one-megaton bomb being detonated every two minutes. Wow. You know? Yeah. So that's 30 okay. megatons, right? It had that much energy. And to, yeah. that much energy dissipated in 36 hours where it had no center. By the time it was uh, on, on Florida, you know, uh-huh. passing Miami, it had no structure. It had no eye. There were wild winds going about, you know, at right. 70, 60. But I have never seen anything. Well,
4: like- it, it made landfall somewhere uh-huh. near, like what Naples and uh, Fort Myers that yeah. area. Myers, it, yes. Yeah, but when it made landfall, yeah, it, like it was more thunderstorms than even an eye of a, of a hurricane. It was kind of yeah. weird. And then as it moved up north towards, you know, the top part of Florida and into Georgia, it completely disintegrated like immediately, which it's weird. Even Andrew in 92, when it hit and it crossed through Florida east to west, it, it stayed as a hurricane. I mean, it came back and did a zigzag and it was still a pretty strong hurricane. And it, And Andrew was half the size of this storm.
2: Yeah.
4: So, so how are you guys doing? Let I mean, ask strange.
2: you: How are you guys doing with uh, the recovery there? Um, I can't. You can't possibly be back, back to normal, but uh, you're on the show. You have electricity. You have running water yet?
4: Yeah, no. I've had. Uh, I was pretty lucky. The uh, hurricane kind of skipped my area. Pretty, uh, at least my neighborhood for the most part. I mean, I had some structural damage in the back with the fences, like I said earlier on the show, and and yeah. uh, some trees. But uh, the house was un- unharmed, thank God. Uh, lost some shingles. That's yeah. right. Well, you know, uh,
2: it's, that's nature. You know, yeah. some people just get swept away and others are left untouched. You know, we had a hurricane, uh, not a hurricane, we had a tornado that came mm-hmm. into Manhattan about th- oh, four years ago. This tornado came right in Manhattan and went through Riverside Park. It jumped two blocks, landed in another patch of park. It jumped out of that park and went to Central Park and to up some really old, beautiful trees. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I could actually follow the track of a tornado through Riverside Park, following the broken trees and the different uh, sections. Well, funny, were, funny here we have
4: uh, f- we have four trees that were uprooted around my house, and they all landed on the opposite side of the house. <laughs> so none of them hit the house. Uh, thankfully, one of them even missed my car. It, it landed right next to my car. Did not no damage to the car. So, uh, in fact, it's, you lucked we're, out we're, with that. We've been very yeah. lucky, uh, and I've been very lucky during the storm because there's a lot of folks there in my area which has, you know, these have no power. Uh, that's one thing where, uh, it was kind of funny, uh, you know, mentioning the storm. We have only a couple of seconds left, by the way. Uh, but, um, you know, sure. during this storm, one funny thing was that uh you know a lot of folks that were in the area really came together, and I saw like a completely different side of people where there you know folks out here uh which really showed you know the human kindness that uh that we all want to see on a daily basis and exactly. I, I found I found that to be funny considering how you know how erratic and crazy the nation's been in the last nine months since uh you know our good friend is right. taking office. Right. And right. how bitter and butthurt everybody's been with each other and fighting yeah. and back and forth and, and then I saw minorities, white people, black people, I saw everybody you know getting together and helping each other out and, and there was a lot of unity. So in the midst right. of a disaster a, we saw something beautiful and that's a that's it's a great
2: beautiful. Thing. You know what? And I, I said there are two things. We have to be grateful because we've just seen a miracle. Florida was spared. Yep. This thing that happened when it tangled with Cuba is is a miracle, really. Yeah. We have to be Robert, for... the second is, one is that it here, stopped here's the thing.
4: strike. Here's the thing: the, the hurricane was named after my mother, Edma. So,
2: oh my God, that's amazing! They can't that's harm
4: it. me, my friend. I am one with the Force, and the Force is with me, and my mother's taking <laughs> care of me. <laughs>
2: that's true. That's true, man. I believe that in the in the in my heart of hearts, that
4: that you Robert, was. can we ask you to be on next week with us in the first yes, hour of the show? Yes, I, I promise. We have a, I won't,
2: I promise I won't go to a Paul McCartney concert, but it was a once-in-a-lifetime. I never saw the Beatles, you know, uh, and it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. A very dear friend invited me, and uh, I'm just thrilled, and I'm happy to have come back and been able to share with you what a wonderful experience it was. And he's, uh, I think he's just beginning his tour right here. New York. If it comes
4: down to if it comes down to Miami, I, I definitely want to see Paul McCartney. See. Like, no, he's this, on my, that's on my bucket list to see Paul McCartney live. He's a and historic person, legend.
2: He's a wonderful soul. Yep. He's true to his self-image. His his vitality is still there. He's youthful. He's comical. He's. It's frightened. amazing. God,
4: how old is he really already? Yeah, it's amazing. He still performs and he looks, it's you know, about, great.
2: I think he's about two or three years older than I am. I can look it up in a second
4: if you. Give me a, a, a second. But
2: I think he's about 72
4: myself. Okay. I mean, I know you keep in great shape because you're always, you know, working out and stuff and doing yoga. Yeah, the Tai
2: Chi has got me in. Tai chi, yeah. My shape is like a, a 30-year-old a thirty-year-old person would be. I mean, the physique is that. And McCarthy is
4: 75, which was the age my mother 75, away in. my oh, yeah, so
2: like, yeah. He's six years older than I am. But he's, he's like, um, you know who else... Steve Winwood, mm-hmm. Steve Winwood yeah. is still in great shape. You know, these men have remained true to their original, their true self-image, yeah. and have overcome a lot of things. And that's the thing: and you have to return and to no, your original.
4: Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney did not die, and this is not a replacement. Paul McCartney, like some people believe, that yeah. never happened. This is the real well, deal, guys.
2: Whichever way I can understand, if it if it had happened, I can understand the concern. Of the british government brothers if it really happened and word got out that paul was killed in 1967 there would have been mass suicides around the world the yes. beetle maniac yeah. girls and men who were just crazy in love with them there would have been a lot of despondency and and uh a general i believe that yeah. so i believe that you know maybe they didn't did send in mi6 to fix the the thing there Another thing, by the way, I'd love to be on your show next week, and I'd like to talk about my book. I've started working on a book, and it's called Understanding the Bond, James Bond. Ooh, And I I have just digested 55 years of James Bond movies in about a month, five weeks, because they've been running them over and over and over. And they're pristine copies, and I've been studying them, and I see the big picture in James Bond. He was revealing... James Bond was leaking all this tremendously important information uh, through the vehicle of James Bond movies. They were revealing the Fourth Reich, the Nazi Internet. That's Spectre, by the way. Mm-hmm. Ernst Blofeld, all the German names, Ernst Blofeld, Goldfinger, you know. All of these guys that were working Spectre, that's the, the Nazi international, as Joseph Farrell calls it, or the Fourth Reich. They were revealing... Okay away civilization, they, re, they were revealing advanced technologies that we wouldn't see for 10 years after the movies, and then the geopolitics, that's the big part of the book, the geopolitics of understanding the bond, he was revealing the real geopolitical reasons why the US and Britain were allied uh, against the mafia, Spectre, KGB, SMERSH, you know, SMERSH is a real organization. It's in the books, uh, James Bond books, SMERSH is there. <laughs> turns out SMERSH was really a real organization, and it means, it's part of a name, SMERSH Spionin. The, the Russians hated spies so much, they, they instituted a bureau to assassinate spies. Oh, I and
4: would have doubted uh, Fleming early on, especially in Israel. Oh, it was the name
2: the name is Smersh Spionin. He's death to spies. So imagine you're a Russian and so you hear on the door.
1: Was <laughs> death to spies.
2: You had it, you know. And uh, so I'm gonna. I'd like to talk about that. And definitely, I, I, that's awesome. The idea that's come to me that James Bond is actually Uh, a cover story, a file. There are nine seats of 00 agents in MI6, and 007 is a file. It's James Bond, and he's born on such and such a date in such and such a place. And whoever sits in that seat takes that file and becomes that person. And that's how we can watch the movies and really just say, oh, no, it's not Roger Moore. It's James Bond. It's not Timothy Dalton. It's James Bond. So this idea... Of the Universal Bond came to me, and it's tied in with the Ancient Druid Order of England, which is called the Ancient Druid Order of the Universal Bond, and they were England's first real intelligence agency, and have been so since since the old days. So we can get into that, and I'm very fond of all the characters, and there's so much, you know, the octopus. Oh my mm-hmm. God, the octopus so, is, is the cult, right? So we'll leave that for next week. Let's tantalize. To to yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, next yeah, week, the, right. The, the, the uh,
4: right there, because that's, that's a hell of a tease, right there. So next yeah, week, we're first running hour,
5: a- anyway. So yeah, first Yeah, first, well, yeah, first I, hour. Look,
4: first hour next week is going to be all Robert Morningstar. No, true? no news, no nothing. Just Robert Morningstar from the beginning to the end, and then we we'll have our guest at the second hour, our second guest, and that's gonna be a, a lot of fun. Uh, we have to go though, Robert. Thank you for calling yeah. in and giving, a, giving a, you know, an update of what happened, and and uh, yeah. glad you enjoyed the show because uh, you know Paul McCartney man. Yeah, it's the, only, the only thing
2: that, <laughs> that. Were, was understandable
4: was the
1: Yeah, you
4: know. okay. yeah uh, definitely I, great talking with you, Robert. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Thank you, Always sir. fun, my friend. We'll talk to you next weekend. Perfect. And guys, uh, as always, this is Sky Watchers Radio saying, keep looking up to the skies, because hey, one day you might see something.